Welcome everybody to episode 103. Uh, it's been a little while. We had some uh, scheduling uh, issues, but everyone is back. Um, really appreciate Pam stepping in last episode and helping us dig into Elden Ring. Uh, but we've got Chris and Bill back today, and I know Bill's been up to a lot, so I'm pretty eager to check in with him and see what he's been up to these last few weeks. How you been, Bill? Uh, been great. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been more than a few weeks. It's probably been over a month at this point, right? Because uh, we're recording this uh, early September, um, and I went on vacation. Uh, it's like July thirty first or August first. So yeah, it's been. Uh, it's it's been a bit. So lots to unpack. So let's get started. Um, uh, like I said, I, I we vacationed down on the Jersey Shore. Uh, not like the fist pumping uh, Jersey Shore. A much <laughs> mellower. You know, nice, quiet little beach town uh, where we just kind of hang out and, you know, go mini golfing and, you know, kind of uh, my, my parents go and my my sister and her kids go down with her husband, uh, which is great. Um, so uh, but yeah, the uh, so while I was on vacation, I listened to the Elden Ring episode. Um, so a couple of things about that. Uh, yeah, Pam yeah. is awesome. Um, I was I was glad to see her at Retro World, which we'll talk about soon. Um, one of the things I, I mentioned to her at Retro World, I said, you know, it's interesting. So much of your content that I consume is scripted. So one of the things I never get to hear you do is laugh. So it was great having you on the episode and listening and just hearing you laugh so much. It was just something I, I don't really hear that much. And she and her and her friend were kind of like, oh, yeah, that is true. You know, if you just listen to the to the scripted stuff. Yeah. Pam laughs all the time. So that was really cool. Um, I will also no longer be accused uh, of making us run long. <laughs> Because... Oh man, Chris really uh, had a lot to I was, say about Elden Ring. So I was listening to that. I told Pam this. I was listening to the episode for a while. I wasn't looking at the counter, but it, it was a good long while. And it was you know you got through the intros, you got through what you've been playing, pickups, and you guys have been talking about Elden Ring for a bit. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, like they're going to be wrapping this up pretty soon. <laughs> and then I look up, and there's two Half hours two. left. <laughs> Imagine, so it, Bill, that we gave you the opportunity to do an all-Destiny episode. How long would that be? <laughs> I mean, if it was, uh, if we were going back to the beginning of D1, uh, yeah, point taken. Uh, <laughs> there would be a lot of material to cover. I, so, yeah, I, admitted, I admitted during that episode that I appreciated them sticking with me and allowing me mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, spend a lot of time. Yeah, and, and I wasn't kidding when I said, you know, this is one that I really want to eventually sink my teeth into. I was really, uh, you know, planning on getting it on uh, Steam so I could play it on the Steam Deck. That was a big, big, big um, get for the Steam Deck to get it to uh, be compatible and, and be fully uh, playable, even with the occasional frame dip. Uh, but I kind of since then have, have made a little bit of a switch in my thinking in that uh, I feel like the experience that I want to have with that game is going to be you know, on a bigger screen, you know, like, uh, uh, and, and for a number of other reasons, um, I made, went ahead and, uh, I took the plunge. I ordered my copy of Elden Ring. Uh, I went on, uh, uh, went on Gamefly and I was checking for, um, you know, a good price. Cause that's, you know, we saw it half off there, um, you know, for a used copy fairly recently. So I checked and checked and checked and, uh, I caught it half off again and I used like, there's like an additional 5% off, you know, so I, I saved the tax as well. So uh, got the tracking number today, actually, because uh, they said it shipped, but I didn't get any tracking. And that's kind of weird. Maybe it'll just show up in regular mail, like uh, Chris suggested. But yeah, just this morning, here's the tracking. So it's not going to be here until next week. But yeah, I'm going to, uh, like you guys said, I'm going to you know take my time and, you know, really see if I can 
you know, kind of learn and, and, you know, listen to what the game's trying to teach me. Uh, it was great to hear because Chris has been telling me that since he guided me through early Dark Souls one stuff where I'd said, hey, Chris, like, what about over that way? And he's like, okay, like, look at what's down there. What's down there? And I'm like, well, there's skeletons. It looks like a lot of people died down there. And he's like, so what do you think the game's trying to tell you? You know, so <laughs> whenever I look at a Souls game, I really try to listen to what the game is trying to convey. So when you were talking on the episode about, well, you know, the game teaches you like a ground slam, you have to get up off the ground. And when Kelsey was like, oh, I didn't catch that. I was like, well, now I feel better. <laughs> you know, if the, if, if every, if, you know, if people miss things, then I don't feel so bad. Yeah. So lean on Chris for help whenever you send him <laughs> messages. He gets back to you really quick, explains things really well, well. He he was very helpful for my playthrough. I think with Bill, we can just have the opportunity to co-op together since he is or not that. afraid of doing that. I'm terrified. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to you beating Elden Ring before Kelsey does, Bill. So I mean, it's a possibility right now. I mean, there's. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I've said before. You know, when I had my first kid. You know, you kind of get used to, you know, you get into a rhythm, you get in a routine, and then you find time, you know, to do the things you want. Then when you have a second kid, it's harder, it takes a little bit longer to get into that flow, but you can still get there. I've, I've told people the third kid for me is where a lot of things have sharply dropped off, where, you know, the, the, sorry, my cat's being very loud right now. Come on up, bud. Just come up. Okay, don't come up. <laughs> he just wants to talk. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's the point where, you know, we have morning time, which is very important uh, to my wife and I to have that quiet time and getting the kids on the bus to school and then work and then home and then dinner, bath, bed. And it's like, all right, we can either spend 20, 30 minutes watching something and then, you know, go to play. It, we really are so limited and I've, the more people I talk to about this are like yeah this is just one of those phases where it takes a lot of attention like eventually the kids will become and I'm already starting to see it where like the kids are brushing their own teeth right and then they just go to their bedroom and put their pajamas on and so I'm already starting to see them kind of transition out of that my youngest is uh, 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 potty training now so it's just like more and more things will happen where you know they'll kind of become uh more self-reliant and like the phases just change but really the last you know six months have really been a struggle to find like free time to you know play guitar or games or whatever um but uh yeah i really am am looking forward to uh to digging into elden ring i have a couple things on uh that i've been working on that i don't want to fall off because i kind of fell off of guardians of the galaxy a little bit so i did pop that back uh, a few weeks ago and nice. played uh, just a few minutes of it um just got through another chapter uh, I also gave up on a game that I had started and I just realized I wasn't really having fun with. So I said, you know what? I, I, I it was, um, it's uncharted four, which I just started on a whim. Cause I was like, let me just play something on this PlayStation just because I have it and blah, blah, blah. So, um, cause I was planning on getting Elden ring on PS five. I don't know why I had it in my head that that was your main uh, platform, Chris, cause I wanted to co-op with you. And then when you said, oh, well, you know, Xbox is the superior, you know, experience and we can co-op there. So like, oh, that's all I had to say. So, uh, but I had started uncharted four a while back and it's not bad, but it's very much just going through the motions of what an uncharted game is. And it wasn't really bringing me any kind of fulfillment. So I looked up like. I'm on chapter X and I looked it up. Well, how many chapters are in this thing? And I was like, that many? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so put that down. Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, 
just uh, swinging back around to uh, uh, the end of uh, my Elden Ring notes there. Uh, so I was really glad to uh, uh, to hear you guys go so in-depth with that. I know I got some good resources and, and people who can help me through that when I'm ready, when I get to that point. Keep um, in mind, during boss fights, you can jump. The game lets yeah. you jump. <laughs> Jumping is an option. I'm just going to yeah. guile, you know, uh, flash kick. Do it. I so, assume that that is an option. <laughs> I, uh, I trust Bill to be able to utilize all buttons. So. <laughs> I've even got those buttons on the back. <laughs> See, the man can multitask. My, my paddles. So, uh, so yeah. One another thing that I was glad you guys talked about uh, was uh, you mentioned uh, Nope uh, on the uh, the show. Uh, Pam had seen that. Um, I was mm-hmm. I, I was very happy to hear her kind of echo kind of some of the same uh, thoughts that I had about it. Uh, and she mentioned Keith David is in it briefly, um, and I wanted to mention that because. Keith David is a guest at CT HorrorCon in a few weeks, oh. which is like 20 something minutes from my house. So barring any, you know, further outbreaks or any weirdness that goes on here, I'll be visiting uh, CT HorrorCon. Uh, and there's some other guests there that I'll probably say hi to Millie Shapiro, um, who is the uh, uh, the creepy girl from uh, Hereditary. Um, if you guys have seen that uh, film, she's going to be there. Uh, since Friday the 13th, some of the classic ones were filmed in Connecticut. There's a bunch of Friday the 13th actors who are going to be there and some other people that are on, like, you know, some scary shows like House on Haunted Hill or whatever it's called. But really, it's like to me, they might as well just call it the Keith David convention because he's the reason I'm going. Um, I I'm, I think I'm going to bring my um, my Mass Effect Omni tool. Uh, even uh, so, so I was going to uh, say you should cosplay as as. Uh, in the VR set that he created in community and like walk in with the whole <laughs> yeah. setup around you. Yeah. He'd, he'd appreciate it. I'm sure. But, but honestly, like the first time I remember seeing Keith David was in a little known eighties comedy. At least I think it's a little known. Maybe you guys know it. Little known eighties comedy with Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez called men at work where they play garbage yeah. men that get caught up in like a murder, like scandal scheme. And Keith David is like the, uh, secure, like not security, but he's like the like the the supervisor who's like sent along with them to make sure they don't like mess everything up. And it's just one of these, you know, it's not really like a zany comedy like Airplane or something like that. But it's kind of one of these like how how does it go so far off the rails of like you know what you'd <laughs> expect to happen with a couple of garbage men? But it's I remember watching it with my sister growing up, and it's not something that you hear people talk about like the way you hear them talk about you know some of the other uh, you know Police Academy and some of the other '80s comedies, but. <laughs> If you can grab like a, a, a copy of Men at Work, I have not seen it in years, but I remember it being solid. And it's on. Uh, I've I've seen it recently on some streaming service as oh, I was breezing awesome. through. So I'll, yeah, and yeah. man, that dude has such an awesome voice. I, mean, I had oh I had no idea, I had no idea how much voice work he had done until I kind of looked him up recently, and I'm like, I'm like man, besides the stuff that you know, Mass Effect, obviously, and uh, the films you've seen him in. Uh, and they're 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 marketing him as like oh you know Keith David from John Carpenter's The Thing, and it's like he's been in so many amazing things. Yeah. It's like I don't even remember him in The Thing, right? I remember him from all these other things that I've seen him in. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, I'm gonna look I, it up. I and saw gonna, him most recently in They Live, I think, a few months ago. You may have uh, you may have heard him in something more recently uh, that I saw today that we will get to. Uh, but yeah, so I'm very very excited. Uh, 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 so I've, I've seen Nope twice now, uh, once in the theater, and it is streaming uh, now. 
Uh, so we, we took the plunge. I told Sarah I loved it. So we actually um, made the streaming purchase, even though it's one of those slightly more pricey ones. Because it's like, well, if we were going to the theater, it would cost that much. So, you know, we justify it because I wanted to watch it. Um, but yeah, real, real, real good. Uh, highly recommended. Um, and uh, another one you guys talked about was Top Gun Maverick, which I do still really want to see. Um, but my wife has a rule, uh, no movies on vacation, which is a silly rule to me. Like her, her thinking is like, you know, why would I, you know, I'm on vacation. I can go to a movie anytime. You know, like, why would I go when I'm on vacation? And my thinking is, yeah, I mean, you say you could go anytime, but you don't because there's responsibilities and other things like you're on vacation you got nothing else you got to do like it's a perfect time to go to a yeah, movie but it'd be right? like saying well, i could eat out anytime i'm not yeah. eating out on vacation yeah so <laughs> uh but you know one of the things i've learned is let's not create fights where we don't need them <laughs> so sarah says happy no wife, movies on vacation wife. i say all right there's plenty of other things we can do um one of the things we could not do on vacation is play the Xbox because for the first time in years, we did not bring it with us. We oh. wanted to try this thing with the kids where there would be no video games on vacation because they kind of get like at first we kind of saw it as like a reward. You know, oh, you guys have worked so hard and you had a good summer and you know, have some video games. But really, we were they were falling a little bit deep in the games and we were getting some some pushback on some attitude issues. So we said, you know what? No switch, no Xbox done i brought the steam deck with me but i didn't play it when the kids were awake so the steam deck was strictly final fantasy 6 uh after hours and even then it was a lot of times it was hanging out with family anyway um but i did make considerable I, I consider progress. the cast of final fantasy 6 as family yeah <laughs> oh, they all have uncle, a special place uncle, in my heart yeah uncle lock <laughs> <laughs> aunt aunt realm <laughs> the young scrappy one teaches you how to draw so um, I made considerable progress in Final Fantasy VI. Not so much during vacation because it was mostly family time, but you know, since it's been a month, uh, previously I had been kind of doing update, you know, like pretty detailed updates on where my progress was. I'm going to hold off on that because that would probably take a while, and that might be the subject of a possible future show. Who knows? But uh, I'm quite far, uh, without spoiling this 50-year-old game, um, there's, a, there's a turning point in Final Fantasy VI where you are in this portion of the game and then you switch to the next portion. I have switched to the next portion and I am re-recruiting. Uh, and I have re-recruited, I believe, everyone. Um, so one, one thing I will say, uh, and this, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get through it quickly cause it'll make me tear up a little bit. The story of Locke and Rachel, uh, in, uh, Kolingen, where I hope I'm saying that right, where, you know, she's been, you know, kind of, uh, uh, taken out of commission. I don't know if they say if she's, you know, just like in this state of fugue, a coma, or if she's actually passed, but he's broken up about it and he's trying to find a way to bring her back. So you end up finding this magicite, uh, which is Phoenix magicite, and they're not you're not sure if it's gonna work because it's like cracked and it might be broken, but he doesn't care. It takes you right to where Rachel is, and you bring it there, and the the guy who's in the house there, I can't remember if it's her father, or caretaker, or whatever, he's like, Oh, like I don't know if it's gonna work, it's too like broken up. And then you use it and nothing happens. And it's like, oh man, we did like all this and like and then like, something starts to happen. You start to see like a phoenix uh, like kind of shape come up. And then nothing happens again. And I, I'm playing on the Steam Deck, so like I'm leaning in. And my eyes, are, I'm just, I'm looking at her eyes because she's like in the bed. 
and then the eyes like blink open and I was a wreck. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, and then, so now I'm a wreck because of that. And then I'm a wreck because she wakes up and she's like, the Phoenix hasn't given me much time. Like, I have to tell you what I have to tell you. And now I'm like, no, no, don't do this. <laughs> so, and then she tells him, you know, essentially like, you know, when the accident happened, when I was, when I was falling, like all I thought about was how much joy, like you brought me and just, it was so beautiful just having that and then she says you have to let go of this like anguish you've been holding on to this hurt and then she passes again and so he he goes and they think she's going to be all upset and he talks with um in my i don't know if it's random but in my game it was um uh what's her name uh uh the other the other girl not uh, tara um, celeste celeste and uh uh, he's like, no, I'm good to go. Like, we got this. Let's do this. So there's still like a little bit more cleanup. I think, uh, you know, from I'm trying not to look at guides, but I also don't want to miss stuff. Uh, I discovered at that halfway point that there is Mass Effect style permadeath in this game because I did not wait for my homie. Oh, no. So, so woe is me. Didn't wasn't paying attention, was just running. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that later as well. So that's the only kind of misstep that I wish I could go back. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but uh, I, I reached the Phoenix Cave and I went in, the, like where the Phoenix Magicite is. And I went in and I was getting stomped. So I was like, okay, let me back out of here. And I looked up and it was like, oh, for this part of the game, you really want to be like at least level X. And I was well above that. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I'm above that level. And then the next line in the sky was like, keep in mind. Even if you're at like level 50, you could still get wiped out in this cave because if you're not like, you know, careful and like fighting smart and paying attention. So I decided to stop. I used the the leveling trick that you guys confirmed a few uh, episodes ago where fewer people in the party get some more XP. I found this one. I don't know if it's a good leveling spot or not, but I found this area like it's the island where Gao's father lives. And I was getting like 5,000 uh, XP like per fight, like 4,000 to 5,000 XP. Is that where the Tyrannosaurs are? Uh, the, well, that, so that, I know there's that one. Um, so, but the, they were spanking me. So the island oh, with Gao's okay. father was, was pretty good. And then the, like that island with like the Tyrannosaurus on it is not only good for experience, it's also really good for like ability and magic points. So I got all my guys up to level 50 and Edgar and Sabin, who I'm using like a ton, uh, they're even higher because like I take them with like, you know, each other person. So I think Edgar's up to like 70 something. His drill is doing 10,000. Um, I just got this really interesting shield in Narsh. Uh, it's like the curse shield that just like curses you with like dozens of like status effects. But I cheated. I looked up like, how do I uncurse this? And it's like, you just fight enough with it. And then like, it becomes another thing. And then you learn another thing from it. So I'm like, okay, okay, me, I'm going to back off and try to figure it out. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, because of that pause with leveling up, I really had to uh, just, you know, like every JRPG usually has that point where it's like, I must go get strong now. So there was a little bit of a break in the action, but now once I kind of punch through that, it is back to the game that I, you know, enjoy kind of going through those areas. So I, I just looking at how deep I am in some of the, the FAQs that I kind of like looked up, I think I'm getting i think i'm at the point where i could initiate the final fight but i'm you know just doing the cleanup so uh really enjoying it um the the battle system keeps even for characters i don't like what's great about the battle system uh even compared to some of my games that i would call my favorites is there's 
mo there's points in those other games where you really can just attack your way through it. And I'm telling you, I rarely attack with anybody, even if they're just like a fighter. Like it's better to use blitz. It's better to use tools. It's better to you know use capture if you're lock. It's better to use um, sketch if you're realm. Or you know, it's it's just it's better to do the thing that that person is kind of designed to, to do. And then there's there's little things that kind of uh, you know they probably explain and I, I didn't understand. And then when I go back, I'm like, like, I didn't realize I had learned new blitzes because like with uh, like, it would be like, Oh, learned blah, blah, blah. And I just wasn't paying attention. So I never went into the skills blitz menu to see that the commands were there. And so then I got to memorize, you know, some of the ones that I really like. And then same thing, like when you go, when you leave and you go back, what's his face? Um, uh, the one with sword tech, it's like, Oh, I remember f four was like quad slam. What was five? What was six? You know? So like, it's a little bit of, it doesn't tell even like it assumes you've learned a thing, but then you come back to it and you kind of got to relearn it. I love learning magic from the espers. It reminds me of the way that lost odyssey handled it where anybody can learn anything, just equip a thing to a thing and you'll learn the thing. Um, yeah. Did you try any of the weird tricks? Like, make yourself an imp and put all the imp armor and all that stuff on no nothing like i haven't tried any <laughs> kind of crazy builds or anything like that sounds interesting now you can you can do some fun stuff and they, yeah. that's it like you said they give you great flexibility to play around with a lot of cool stuff yeah yeah no so so i mean i could i could go on about it which was making me think that you know maybe we should have a little because you guys have played this maybe we'll have a little mm -hmm. little in-depth uh, final fantasy 6 discussion at some point coming up but uh but yeah i'm i'm pretty pretty deep i think i'm pretty close um so that but that's really mostly what i've been playing and that's all been on the steam deck and that's all i played in the steam deck besides for firing up I, I fired up like skyrim and portal and a few things to kind of show my brother-in-law and show some people at uh at retro world um so uh, when we got back from vacation uh we got back on came home on friday unpacked on saturday went to a concert on sunday so this was uh, Bush, uh, my second time seeing Bush. First time was 27 years ago, which I don't really feel old. You know, like people are like, oh, like you want to feel old, like 1999. Blah, blah, blah. It, it wasn't until like I did the math, like, you know, 2022 minus 1995. where I was like, yeah, 20, 27 years ago. Uh, also, Gavin still looks unbelievable. He, he may even look better than he looked 27 years ago. He's, <laughs> he's an inhuman human. Um, and there's one song uh, called uh, Flowers on a Grave on their like second to, second newest album that he comes out into the crowd and sings. And I knew this was going to happen, but I didn't realize that on his way up to like the mezzanine, he was going to like walk right by our section. So it was really cool to kind of have him walk, you know, five, ten feet uh, uh, away from us and just had his wireless mic. He had his spotter so that in case he like fell, like, you know, that the, the venue had a way to, you know, protect him. Um, this is my first time seeing Breaking Benjamin whom I absolutely love. Um, I believe they're from Pennsylvania too, so they're not too, too far away from here. That was an awesome show. And it's my first-ish time seeing Alice in Chains because the last time I saw them, it was billed as Jerry Cantrell, but it was Jerry Cantrell, Mike Inez, and Sean Kinney. And they were playing, they were touring on the bo on Jerry Cantrell's solo album for Boggy How's Depot. Uncle Jerry doing? Uncle Jerry's good. He <laughs> says he misses you at Thanksgiving. And... Uh, <laughs> He'll, uh, uh, says, uh, don't be stingy with the potatoes next time. I mean, um, you know. <laughs> they are good potatoes, though. 
But yeah, so when they when they were touring on Boggy Depot, they played a few Jerry Cantrell songs, but they played mostly Alice in Chains songs. And I remember looking at my buddies like, this is only Alice in Chains show without Lane Staley, right? So this is also the first time I've seen their uh, new singer live, uh, William Duvall, who, uh, I mean, no one can replace Lane Staley, but what's really cool about him is he doesn't try to. Like, he's, he's his own singer. He's not emulating Lane. There's a lot of singers that have taken over on bands and they try to sound like the original guy, and I, I don't like it. Uh, Three Days Grace is one of my favorite bands of all time. I have no interest in them after Adam Gantier left. The guy they got to come in and replace him, if you listen to the way he sings before that band and since he joined that band, it's like you can tell he's trying to be Adam and it, it doesn't work. Yeah, I hate it when they do that because it's always like you feel like, oh, it's like, you know. Great value. Great, great value. Yeah, yep. exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> the Wish version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, dude, you know. Just We've got go. Alice in Chains at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's, it was a great, great show. They opened up with uh, Again, uh, which is a song from uh, the, the last album that, that uh, Lane was on. Um, it's just self-titled, but everyone calls it Tripod because there's a three-legged dog on the front of this album. So they opened up with Again. Um, what was what was interesting to me is, and I actually I, learned, I, I heard some songs on some of their new albums that I've heard before, but there's just something about live music where like I heard it and I was like, man, that song like rips in a way that I didn't really realize before. And now like I enjoy the recorded version more, like having seen it live. And that happens to me a lot. Um, so uh, but they uh, the in the middle of the set, they played Man in the Box, which like, of course, everyone gets up and everyone knows that and everyone's singing it. And when it was over, it was one of those moments where people were just looking around at each other like strangers going like, that was awesome. Like, that was the best thing ever. So it was a little bit odd to me that, and the rest of the set was great, but I just remember thinking, man, if they closed with Man in the Box, it would have just, you know, blow the roof off the place and then good night. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's nothing to complain about. It was a great show. It was a couple hours away, so it was a little bit of a drive. Um, but then on the drive home, there wasn't any traffic, so it wasn't too bad. Did have to go to work early the next morning, but we made through it. Uh, so yeah, and then right after that, uh, Retro Worlds um, was uh, the following weekend. Um, so uh, like we already talked about uh, on the last show, Pam drove down from Toronto, which is quite a drive. And she mentioned she was meeting a friend there. Mm -hmm. I found out her friend drove over from like an equally far distance uh, within the states, but about the same distance uh, from from my math. Um, so uh, she was awesome, uh, very 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 cool. We hung out uh, a few times, um, uh, kind of like hotel bar, like grabbed a bite. Um, very, very cool. So it was really great to meet, Pam, to see Pam and to, you know, have some of those cool nerdy conversations. And uh, uh, Adam, uh, our good friend Bickman, uh, RF Jen, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Compatriot. Yeah, I was, I was going to go, I don't know, patriarch, uh, illuminary. I mean, there's there's so many ways you could describe Adam. But Adam's so cool. So Adam was there with me on Friday. He was actually there a day early because he said the flights the next day were late, so he just wanted to not risk it and get in early. So he was in early. Um, he helped uh, with uh, you know vendor check-in and just kind of hanging out, setting up the RF Generation booth. Um, so uh, I brought uh, the Mortal Kombat 2 marquee uh, that I had for Daniel and Carlos Bessina to sign. This was actually for the guy that I sold the MK2 cabinet to. Oh, yeah. I remember you mentioning that. So he loved the the signed mar one marquee. So I held the two marquee back. And he actually pinged me about it like a few weeks before. He's like, hey, I can't find the MK2 marquee anywhere. And I was like, please don't be mad at me. I, I held on to it. I'm going to have Daniel and Carlos sign it. And he was like, 
that is so awesome. Like, thank you so much. So I didn't want to like hide it and like, you know, say, oh, no, 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 look for it, buddy. So uh, I just told him. So, um, so yeah, I have it. That's going to ship out on Tuesday with Monday being a, uh, a holiday. Um, so this is my first time meeting Carlos. He was very, very nice, quite a bit more soft-spoken than some of the other MK guys I've met. Um, and I guess I didn't realize that he had been working for um, uh, NetherRealm. Um, which is why he hasn't been able to uh, do like meet and greets up until now because they don't allow kind of like, you know, employee of the company to go out and like monetize, uh, you know, themselves um, for, you know, a, a, the related product, even though it's, you know, the original games versus the newer stuff. So, yeah, he just recently retired, which is why he's able to do this now. So he was very, very nice. Um, but like I said, very soft spoken. Um, but uh, uh, we had some good conversations. We it's the coolest thing is like, meeting them and having fun with them and, you know, chatting on the floor and having pictures with the arcade machines. And then the next morning, just being at breakfast and Daniel and <laughs> Carlos walk by and like tapping on the shoulder. Hey, morning, Bill, how's it going? You know, like it, there's just, it's something it never gets old just having them like, you know, just see you like out in the wild and like, you know, know you and talk to you. It's so cool. Um, so, uh, so a uh, quick, uh, uh, pickups, um, uh, at RWX. Uh, so Pam, brought my copy of Slapshot for the Sega Master System. So this is my second to last uh, Sega Master System hockey game that I need. The other one is extremely common, uh, Great Ice Hockey. So I will see that at some point. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize this copy was going to be so crispy because I actually purchased it from a Canadian eBay seller and it's been in her possession like since I bought it pretty much. We just haven't crossed paths in the last couple of years at different conventions. So very nice crispy copy. I don't really see any indicator that it's different than the American copy. I'll have to look closely and see if I can find any differences, but it, it might just be the same. And I think I got it for like 20 ish dollars and it's I think it's up over nice. 80 or 100 at this point. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was awesome. And um, NHL 19 for the PS4, which was my only missing PS4 copy up till I think 22, which is the, the current year. Um, NHL All-Star Hockey sealed for the Game Gear. Um, this was only like $11 too, and it was it was like a store. Uh, like you could tell like it was like a, a storefront and kind of bring it because all the labels had like the store name on it. So that was really cool um, to see that. Um, there's a really great vendor that we see at a lot of uh, conventions down here in this area called Canvas Quest. They do custom pins um, and uh, they do uh, canvas uh, um, prints as well. And what's really cool is they have this, um, they'll do canvas prints combined with pins. So they'll do like a Doom, you know, an original Doom, you know, like scene. And then they'll also have like a like a Kako Demon pin with like a magnet. So you can like place the pins <laughs> that are themed for or like, you know, Brinstar and like, you know, Samus and like, you know, like the different like enemies. So it's this really cool kind of not three dimensional, but it's kind of like has depth, you know, when you add the pins on top of the canvas. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got a, a Chozo pin uh, from uh, Canvas Quest and I got a couple of pins for a friend I work with who uh, She's a very nice girl, her and her boyfriend. They they go do a lot of traveling. They bring me back beer when they go places. So I pinged Kyle and I was like, hey, like what what pins would Hang want? So I got her an Animal Crossing pin and I forget what the other one was. It was Animal Crossing and it was like one of the villagers and the other one oh it was Kirby. It was like Kirby like with like a like a Pokemon hat or something like that. It was like a cross <laughs> crossover pin. Um, the surprise of the weekend for me, I did not realize they were going to be there. 
Premium Edition Games was there. If you guys don't know Premium Edition Games, they're one of the smaller physical uh, releasers of, uh, of games, especially on Switch, or maybe only on Switch. And uh, one of the vendors last year was holding a copy. Uh, I mentioned, oh, yeah, I look for hockey games. And he said, oh, have you seen this? And he pulled it out, and he had a copy of Super Blood Hockey for the Switch. And I was like, I didn't know about this. So I looked at it. Um, I got home. I got on the Premium Edition Games mailing list. I get their emails all the time and, oh, you know, pre-order this next batch, next series, and no Super Blood Hockey. So I'm like, okay, you know, I guess maybe eventually. So so Premium Edition is there, and I walk over to the booth, and there it is, Super Blood Hockey. And I walk right up to the booth, and I said, I found out about Super Blood Hockey a year ago. I've been on your mailing list. I've not, you know, I've seen, like, another release come out. I see it right there. Tell me you're selling it. And they were like, we are. So I said, can you tell me like how it's not been like, what's the story? And they said, um, basically, these are the copies that we've held back for like damage returns, like for on the initial uh, runs. We hold them for a while. And then once like enough time has passed after like all the orders have gone out, we don't want to put them on the website because then like the same thing will happen. Like we got to hold like a certain amount and then it's just a big pain. So we take them to conventions. Uh, so they said, the, like, I forget how many they had, but they were like this five or, you know, tell however many they brought, like, these are the last ones. And then one of the guys was like, well, we might have like one or two, you know, it's okay. They're like, yeah, essentially like this is it. And before he even said that, I already picked my copy up. I bought it. So I got a, a sealed super blood hockey and they had the, um, there's like, I guess there was like a higher edition. So there's like the retro edition upgrade. So it's like a bigger box that it looks like a Konami silver box. And it's got, um, and it's also, um, it came with uh, the original soundtrack uh, CD and like a little comic that has like the story. So I don't know if you guys know the story, besides just being a big bloody hockey game, you're building your hockey team. But one of the setups to it is like, uh, like you, you either like you sell your kidney to get the money to like get the hockey players to like set up your team <laughs> so it's just this really weird out there uh you know story but you're you're like recruiting players you're practicing in between games you can put them in like the weight room and like you know have them get faster or stronger or whatever um and then when the when the action actually happens it's like doom levels of blood like there's blood everywhere it's comical um so uh yeah so i got my um the game itself was 40 the uh, uh like the retro upgrade edition whatever it's called was another 20 so paid that uh, when I showed Chris, uh, the, one of the organi- current organizers of Retro World, I went to him and I showed it to him. And he's like, get out of here. He's like, I didn't realize it was because he heard about it. But he's like, I didn't realize it was like ice hockey, like with all the different, you know, player archetypes. And because and, he said, I know Blades of Steel is great, but he's like, ice hockey is my favorite, one of my favorite Nintendo right. games. So he was busy and he gave me 40 bucks. He said, go get me a copy before they're gone. So I went and I got Chris a copy. So he got a copy. And then I went back to the booth and Adam was there and I showed him. I told him what I just told you about, like, oh, they said, like, those are like the last like handful of copies. And Adam's like, oh, and then Adam went over and he bought a copy. <laughs> so I said, man, now Bill be... has a part time job as a salesman. For I said they, they should be giving me commission for uh, the number of copies I've helped them sell. And then actually I went back over because when I went back over to get Chris's copy, I said, I'm going to go ahead and take another one. And one of the guys behind the booth who knew that I was like, you know, uh, involved with the show and everything like so. uh I was like, you know what? I'm going to get another one. 
and and he kind of under his breath he kind of went ebay and i was like no 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 i was like this is chris's copy you know like uh and then he said you know we wonder about that if someone comes like the person who comes up and they buy two copies of everything it's like one for me one you know to get rid of but they're like uh eh, that's part of it so but I, I didn't get any additional uh sale copies i am giving some thought to letting it stay sealed for a little bit uh, just to see what happens because the game itself is available on Steam for 15 bucks, and I've seen it on sale for $3. So as far as just being able to play the game, I'll be able to play it, and I have no problem just keeping that game up on the shelf because I can still you know, take it down and look at it. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Adam bought a copy. Um, and then um, probably the last uh, thing of note that I picked up... Um, so let me lead into this. The best cost, and there was some good cosplay there that weekend. The best cosplay I saw all weekend was uh, Bowsette. Um, it was just <laughs> honestly, and it's not because it's a girl version of Bowser. <laughs> I know what we're all thinking. It was immaculately done. It was, it was. Um, I can't. I don't have the vocabulary to tell you like how clothes are made, but the way it was made was awesome. Um, and so they, uh, it was from uh, the Extra Life table. So they checked in and kind of said hi. They went to their table. I helped them kind of get settled and stuff. I didn't tell her how great the cosplay was till the next day when she was dressed as uh, her and her, uh, the only other girls there were Sonic and Tails. I said, I just wanted to stop by and tell you that your Bowsette yesterday was the best thing I've seen all weekend. It was awesome. And she was, oh, that's so cool. Thank you so much. And then one of the guys at the booth said, it was so good. We had Midge do a drawing of it. So one of the other girls working in the booth was Midge. And they kind of showed me this drawing they did. And I said, that's amazing. Like, you drew that? She's like, yeah. And then I said, so, you, like, you do commissions? Like, are you uh, – uh, and then she said, yeah, we're, I'm doing commissions for donations. I said, here. Uh, I, I said, can I show you some pictures of my kids and you can do one, like, of my kids? Like, absolutely. So she, like, took some pictures off my phone of, like, all three. And I said, you know, here's the oldest. He's into this. Here's the mid one. He's into this. Here's the youngest. He hasn't played anything. You know, dealer's choice. So went – Back to the booth, Adam, uh, uh, bef after a little while, he was like, I saw your commission. It's amazing. So little time goes by. I go back to the booth and said, hey, is it, uh, is it ready yet? Need more time? They're like, no. So she hands it over to me. And it is unbelievable. It's, um, it's you'd probably call it um, like anime style, kind of like the big eyes and like the just like the way that the, you know, the kind of characters are. But like the way that a person who is able to draw like you know whether you call him an artist or you know like whatever but the way that this person is able to look at this and pick out things and like recreate them it's a gift that i always wish that i had and i i just have never had it which maybe makes me appreciate it so much more than other people but i'm looking at this and like little things in like like my kid's hair or like a little way that like his ear does a certain thing like all these little details i said i really can't believe how good this is and uh, so it's it's uh, Callahan, my oldest. She had him with like the Hillian uh, sword and shield. Um, Cameron had like um, Cur uh, uh, Kirby, and then Caden had like a Pikachu doll. Um, I'll sh I'll show you guys uh, uh, offline because you've 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 seen the kids before. But it was mm -hmm. really amazing. So I I gave her my donation and I said you have to be you have to be a professional. Like what do you what do you do? So. Uh, turns out these two girls who were, you know, cosplaying both days, they are uh, one's a producer and one's the lead 2D artist uh, for this game, uh, small indie game studio called Ursa Mayhem. 
and they started telling me about this game they're working on, um, which is a VR game uh, based on PTSD. So, yeah. So, and I said, right when she said that, I was like, man, like putting just being in that viewpoint, you know, dealing with, you know, like a, like a traumatic, uh, uh, you know, the, the leftover effects from like a traumatic episode. So um, they're working on it. Like, you know, they have like the voice actors are booked, like the, like the script is in. So um, if anyone was curious, um, so it's Ursa Mayhem Media. The name of the game is Here, There, Be Bears. Um, And uh, when I say indie studio, I mean that like they've got like 20 something Twitter followers. So they're very, very, very indie. And, uh, but yeah, I I checked out uh, like the bio and kind of what they're working on. So I bookmarked him. I'm, I'm curious to see uh, uh, how that comes out because it sounds super interesting and it's not something you see like a whole lot of games tackle. But uh, I was not surprised at all to find out that she's a uh, she's an artist and good for her getting uh, getting a foot in the door with uh, getting a game uh, made. So, yeah, so that'll that pretty much wraps up Retro World. I left a little bit early on Sunday because I had another concert ticket for that night. Uh, it was quite a drive. It was uh, Jones Beach is about three something hours from Hartford with the traffic. So I stopped at my sister's uh, on the way uh, down there. I got to see my nieces, which was awesome. And uh, so this concert was Evanescence and Corn, uh, which uh, I will accept no slander from uh, uh, anyone who uh, wants to make is fun that of a, my... Is that a normal pairing to tour together? I would have never thought to match those two bands up. Yeah, so so the thing is... Um, uh, uh, Jonathan Davis of Corn has always been a big, big fan of Amy Lee and Evanescence. Um, so, uh, and uh, there's a there's a Corn Unplugged album, which granted this happened, you know, kind of much later than because uh, MT- MTV was, you know, a big, a big, um, you know, force in music for a while, and then they stopped being a force in music. So the Corn Unplugged album happened after they were a force in music. I don't even know if it was MTV Unplugged or not. But uh, there's a song that um, uh, that they played on their unplugged, and they brought in Amy Lee to perform it with them. He also did uh, Robert Lee from The Cure came in to do a song with them. They 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 really are pretty eclectic um, in their in their taste. But I gotta tell you, Evanescence was awesome. Uh, I was a big big fan of Evanescence when that first kind of like big album came out, and they've had four or five since then with like a couple of uh, you know songs that kind of. Uh, you know, were made the mainstream, but man, they were loud. They were on point. And she has like, you know, sometimes like you see an artist years later and it's Neil and they don't sound like quite like they used to Axl Rose, but like, you can't tell what it <laughs> is. In my head you you can't, you can't tell what it is, but like, there's not shredded their there. vocal cords when they were yeah. younger. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And it's a lot to do with technique, right? So like Chris Cornell, didn't sound the same towards the end of his career because he didn't take care of his voice. And then there are guys who are able to like shred for ages and you talk to vocal coaches and they're like, cause they're not actually singing that loud or that aggressively. They're like, you know, they're doing it the right way. They're amplifying the voice the right way. They're mixing it right. So, um, but yeah. And, and uh, Amy Lee from Evanescence is a classically trained uh, opera singer, which is how, why she has so much range and so much power, but man, she sounds every bit as good maybe better than you know 20 something years ago she was incredible uh very 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 impressed with them uh and corn i've seen once before granted it was 20 years ago uh with metallica on the summer sanitarium tour uh we saw them at foxborough which is where the uh, patriots play 
Um, so this is my second time seeing Corn. They were awesome. One of the cool things I did leading up to this concert, uh, they have a new album uh, this year called Requiem. And one of the weird things about like you know lists about music these days is I don't really hear about music. You know, like I'm not watching it on TV. I'm not listening to it on the radio. Like I know the bands that I like and I follow them. And when new stuff comes out, like they kind of tell me about it or a friend will tell me about it. So that's the only way I'm finding out about new music. So it's like, unless I'm kind of, you know, have a band on my radar, I might not know that they've had a new album. So when I saw the corn tickets coming up, I saw, oh, there's a new album this year. So I, I listened to it on Spotify a bunch of times. And it's, and like, sometimes it's hard to tell, like, I'm listening to it and I'm like, is it just me or is this like really, really, really good? You know, like, why, why do I not hear anyone talking about this? And then I kind of look up the critical reception. People are saying, oh, this is like one of their best albums in years. So they played a, a lot of songs off the new one, which I was very, very happy with. I've been listening to it a lot since then, which is something that happens to me a lot with live music. Like it just gets in my in me you know and i just i can't get it out like i'm like mowing the lawn got the airpods in and i'm just you know that's a great place for me to sing too because you know no one hears me in my lawn over the over the tractor mower but yeah awesome awesome show Plus, certain corn songs you'll sound just like the mower. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it <laughs> so uh, there is there is a, a corn uh, joke that was kind of going through the uh the hotel. So I stayed with uh, Dan, who was one of the former organizers of the show. He did the the volunteers this year, and Adam. We were in the same uh, uh, hotel room, uh, which we have a grievance with Chris and Lance. Uh, they put us in the Holiday Inn, which is like a 10, 15 minute walk, like across a bridge. It's not like attached to the convention center. Every other like guest and person was like in that Marriott. Just took an elevator to the room. And like at the end of the night, oh, you guys want to come up to the room and have a drink? Like, no, we got to walk like 20 minutes like to our hotel. So <laughs> we, we, we're filing a grievance. That's never going to happen again. But uh, so we're in the hotel room and uh, we're just kind of like, you know, joking around, talking about corn. And uh, I said, if you guys I probably had a few. So I was like probably doing like the corn scat singing. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was like, have you guys ever seen that clip of Eric Andre? Uh, like on a TV news interview, it just starts doing corn. And they're like, no, we haven't seen it. So I showed it to him and that became like the joke for the next day. If you haven't seen it, just look up Eric Andre corn uh, uh, TV interview. It's, it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm unapologetically a corn fan. And what was funny about the show. Um, so I got there and I get up to my seat and there's a couple of, of young girls in the, I, so also I bought two tickets to the to the Allison Chains Bush and Break Benjamin show, I bought one ticket. I'm like, whatever, I'll go by myself. So when the corn c- tickets came up, I was like, I'll buy two. I'll get someone to go with me. Right? Could not get anyone to go with me. Like no one wanted to. No one's no one you know was available. Doesn't matter. So this is the last time I'm buying two tickets. I'll just I don't really don't mind going alone. <laughs> so I show up and there's two girls in my two seats, and so I was like, hey, like I I think this is me. Um, and they're like, oh, no, like we have, you know, this one and this one. And I showed her the phone and she's like, oh, like this is section one over. And I was like, oh, OK, sorry about that. Like the woman told me it was here. And I walked down the stairs and I was like, hey, they said that this is this. And she's like, oh, no, no, no like this is yours. And then she came up with me and she told the girls, like, oh, no, like you got like this is his section. Like you guys are one over. And they're like, oh, OK, we're, we're so sorry. The other woman told us this was us. So anyway, I sit down and the two women behind me are like 
the happiest people in the world. Cause I guess those two girls were like standing up and like they couldn't see past them and they just wanted to you sit down. At the concert. Yeah. But like I turned around and I was like, w- was this like a problem for you guys? And they were like, yes. And they were like patting me on the shoulder and like, <laughs> they were like, Oh, that was going to be so bad. Like now we can, and I was like, Oh yeah. And I said, also I couldn't get anyone to come with me. So this one's going to be empty. And so they were just laughing. And uh, uh, so a little time goes by they they come back up to their seats and they kind of tap me on the shoulder they bought me a beer they handed me like a, a can and i was like oh that was very nice so you don't have to do that so but yeah so uh it was it was fun a uh, great show uh but what's interesting Cor- is Cor- corny's gotta stick together and that what yeah that what <laughs> yeah groupies we're, of we're, corn are called they're called freaks <laughs> corny <laughs> sounds much no, better no, no legit because the um the like they were they had the so both, I would have loved to have grabbed like a Breaking Benjamin or an Allison Chains shirt, but man, I mean, this is probably like the older man in me talking, but like, you know, $40, $50 for a short sleeve, $80 for a hoodie. It's like, uh, I'm sorry. And if it's an amazing design, maybe, but for generic, you know, hundred percent cotton t-shirt, hard pass. So I looked at the Allison chain, the one of the, there's a funny Allison Chains shirt though. You know those shirts where it's, you know, like John and Paul and George and Ringo, just like the names, like the Helvetica on black. So for Alice in Chains, it's William Duvall as their singer. It's Duvall, Inez, Cantrell, Kinney. Get it? Down the side, of, down the front of the shirt. D-I-C-K. Uh, I did <laughs> not took, put that together. Thanks for painting took, that picture. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it and like people are laughing and I'm like, I don't get it. And someone's like, read it <laughs> from the top down. I was like, oh, so... That, that was a little bit of a uh, of a chuckle, but uh, yeah, I didn't get anything. And then so for the corn hoodie they were selling, very very simple, just like the corn logo on the front, but the back of it still a freak, big uh, you know like spray paint letters. So yeah, that's what the the corn fans go by. And interesting, uh, I didn't realize this. Uh, the um, so Jonathan Davis uh, they had to c- uh, cancel some dates last year because he had. I don't know if it was COVID, but he had something where he was bedridden and he couldn't uh, they could he couldn't perform. So these a lot of shows were rescheduled. So uh, Head was there playing guitar. It's not their original drummer. It's their new drummer. Ray was there. And there was at one point where like the other guitar player was playing and he kind of, you know, had to sing in the microphone. And I saw it on the big screen. I'm like, that doesn't look like monkey. Like, did did he shave? Like, I don't know whatever so and then it wasn't for like a few days later that i saw this thing it was like oh like monkey misses uh uh wanta new york show for like family like issue I'm like oh like i hope everything's okay so it wasn't monkey it was uh, like a like a backup you know kind of a, a guy who covers for him and all they said was like yeah he had to fly home for like you know like a family issue so we don't know what it was but he made the next shows so it sounds like everything's all good but uh yeah and then so for my uh upcoming concert cast uh tribute um there's a uh, american rock band i guess you call them a rock band alternative rock band called alien ant farm you guys might remember these guys from the uh, smooth the criminal song. cover yep. yeah <laughs> so the smooth criminal cover um they're really really good besides that they uh um after i read this interview that said they they cite their main influences as uh uh faith no more now I hear Faith No More in their in their music and they're performing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I can absolutely hear that influence now. So they're playing a small venue uh, about 30, 35 minutes from me at the end of the month. So that's just like uh, 
uh, you know, easy buy for me, like a $20, $30 ticket, something like that. So I'll probably go see Alien Ant Farm. Um, Speaking of Faith No More, Bill, did you catch that in the new Turtle Shredder's Revenge game that Mike Patton sings the Turtles theme song in that? No, I haven't, I haven't played it yet. It's on, it's on my list, but I did not know that. Yeah, if you let the intro run, he does the old theme song from the like '90s show. <laughs> That's awesome. I did not. I hadn't heard that. That's great. Yeah. So yeah, and then uh, so that one's coming up, and then uh, uh, one that's uh, very special to me. Um, the first show my dad ever took me to was the Smashing Pumpkins on the Melancholy tour, and Smashing Pumpkins are coming to Connecticut October 13th. So I'm taking my dad to uh, oh, right this Smashing Pumpkins show. So I was kind of you know I didn't know if you know he's 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 an older guy. He's in his 70s, or right? I didn't know if he'd you know be into it or be comfortable, whatever. I said, you don't have to stand up the whole time. We can sit and watch the show. So after like a little bit of prodding, he was like, buy the ticket. Like I'm there. So we're going to go see the pumpkins together for the second time, which I think is awesome. He'll just have to pull the zero shirt out of his closet and he's ready to go. You know what? Speaking of things that cost too much. um, So everyone had the zero shirt, right? And, and Billy Corgan had it made for him. Like he had an idea in his head. He had, he had like a professional clothier make it. And then the T-shirt came out, which was very, very, very simple. Black with like, you know, silver, you know, screen printed lettering. So for the first time in ever, I think, like he like took the original shirt. He brought it to someone. He said, like, we want to like, you know, make replicas of this for anyone who wants like the actual like kind of like full quality one that I used to wear. And they did that and they put it up on SmashingPumpkins.com with their merch uh, site. And I forget how much it was, but it was enough where I looked at it and said, nope, and then closed the website forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, the old, uh, I'm sure we're going to see the old Zero shirts uh, come out in full force. I had a really, really nice um, Siamese Dream Era shirt that was just the big heart, and it just had SP in the middle. I really, really liked that shirt. But uh, yeah, so uh, that'll about wrap me up. So I know that was a lot, but there was a lot to catch up on. So hopefully it was interesting enough where we didn't lose people tuning in and it was <laughs> it was just great to see uh, everyone at retro worlds uh we heard from um from anthony he wasn't able to make it um i got a lot of texts and kind of messages from people leading up to it like oh sorry we're not gonna be able to make it this year but uh, we are hoping for a triumphant return for more than a few members in the coming years and it's gonna be awesome when we can kind of all get back together again once uh once we can make that happen well totally cool. no thanks for diving into that Welcome back, Bill. We missed you. Thank you so much. So how about you, Chris? How many concerts have you been to in the last uh, month? Um, <laughs> I think I can count on no fingers how many concerts <laughs> I've been to. Um, that's okay, though. I don't think anybody thinks I'm a big concert goer. Other things, I have, you know, life has been a little busy here lately. Um, but as far as non at least as boring things to talk about a few things i have i've watched i there's probably a few more than they're on there but i try to think of things that were somewhat recent um every once in a while i will just go through like hbo max and just kind of breeze through whatever is you know just on the show like you know a lot of times i'll, I'll go through the things that are leaving soon because mm. i'm always like i you don't realize all the random stuff that's on HBO Max that you'd probably never find unless you searched for it. Mm. But honestly, using the Leaving Soon thing, you get to see everything that's been on there that's not going to be there very much longer. So it's your last opportunity to go and watch it. 
So uh, I saw a couple items that were on there, and I'm like, okay, I want to check these out. I've never seen these films, and, uh, you know, they could be interesting. So the first one I watched was Broadcast News from 1987. It's, sure. Um, have you seen that one? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty big film back in the day, uh, yeah, but I'd never there's some, seen there's it. There's some classic quotes from that one. Yeah, it was a pretty big film, but like I said, for whatever reason, I just I had not seen that one before. Sure. And um, it's got um, you know Albert Brooks is in there, Holly Hunter's in there, and um, Hunt. What's his first name? Can't think of it. Anyway, doesn't matter. the The movie itself, um, I found that I did had a hard time identifying with the characters. They were all pretty miserable people, and um, yeah, it was just kind of their little story. It didn't really go much of anywhere, and it didn't really have any satisfying endings, which is okay, right? Like, movies don't have to... I don't feel like I'm one of those people who are like, Man, you know, if it, if it didn't make me happy at the end, I'm not upset. That's that's not the reason, you know? I don't feel like everything has to have a pretty bow on it, but um, mm-hmm. it was just kind of one of those endings where I was kind of like... Oh, okay. I mean, you know, just kind of left me. All right, sure. Um, William Hurt. That's the name, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, he just passed away recently. Bill Hurt, yeah. Um, But, uh, I mean, it was really... That's what I find with a lot of these things, at least. It was really well acted, right? Mm. Like, Holly Hunter's crazy good actress. And, you know, she can knock it out of the park. And Albert Brooks is funny. He's been funny in anything he ever did. Um, and William Hurt plays like this kind of very unique character that's in some ways very likable, but in some ways um, not. And you don't really totally understand his character, I don't think, really well until towards the end of the film. And still not one of those clear, like, he's a good guy or he's a bad guy. He's just complicated. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? That's some some people, that's just the way they are. And um, I think it's fine for movies to write their characters in very human terms. And these were very human characters. They were not your storybooks. You know, it wasn't a feel-good movie. It was just kind of this interesting story at the time. Um so I kind of come away with it with mixed feelings as far as like, would I say this is the best film I've ever watched? No. Would I say it's a bad film? No. Um, I think I enjoyed it for what it was. And the bonus was that, you know how companies, when you watch these films, like a certain company is going to supply all of X, right? Like if they're drinking soft drinks, they're going to be mm. Pepsis or Cokes <laughs> or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. And in, in this film, it's TV broadcasting is what most of this stuff takes place in. So Sony is the is the obvious obvious sponsor because like you see all these professional monitors and Sony TVs and stuff just everywhere in this movie and they're just these beautiful professional like you know video monitors and these amazing like Trinitron TVs that and, like there's this one awesome little red Trinitron that's on like this uh, Holly Hunter's uh bed stand in this one scene and i'm like oh my god that's so awesome if i ever saw that tv i would totally buy it um so <laughs> it, that was really cool to kind of see a lot of stuff that obviously has come and gone but um yeah i it was it was an interesting watch 
Um, the other one I watched was Get Carter with uh, Michael Caine. Have, I, have either of you ever seen this one? I've seen the remake with Stallone, but not the uh, the original. Yeah, I, same here, right? I had seen the other, like the updated Get Carter, but I'd never seen the original. And it was on there. It was like, it's going to be going off. And it's a movie from 1971. And Michael Caine's awesome. So I'm like, what I got to lose? I want to watch, watch this flick. And, um, I mean, probably the biggest thing that stands out, and as you watch more movies from that era, the filmmaking styles are very different than today. Um, there are a lot of scenes that are just slower in pace. Mm. Like they'll just take their time in certain shots. And it's not like now where everything's got to be punchy. And if nothing's happening, they're cutting away right away to something else. There are some shots where they just kind of linger and it's okay. It's just a very different style. Mm -hmm. So when you're watching it, it may feel slow, um, but I think it's just a different style of filmmaking that we don't really see these days very much. Mm. But Michael Caine, um, you know, plays the good slash bad guy, uh, however you want to put it, um, Hmm. Frank Carter in the film. Um, and if you've never seen it, I'll give you the quick synopsis, new, old. Um, essentially, the, the thing is, is Frank Carter is, or maybe I got that wrong. Maybe Frank's this brother. But anyway, um, the main character is uh, like a mob guy, basically, like a criminal guy. And his brother is killed in this other town where he's from. And so he's got he's going to go back and figure out who killed his brother. Um you know, he thinks everybody, he's been killed, you know, supposedly, as it's been reported, he just died. But, you know, he, he feels different about it. So he's on this, you know, hunt to track down who killed his brother. And uh, it's a very, man, it's just really well acted. And the violence that's in there is very different than the kind of violence that's done now. And it feels very... There's not a lot of it, but mm. when it happens, it feels very visceral, mm. right? Because there's obviously they didn't, they're not CGing anything, right? Obviously they're you know pulling punches or whatever, but I mean yeah. the, the angles and everything they do things at make it look very mm. real, and they hit. So yeah. you don't see a lot of it, but when it's happening, <clears throat> you know it, you're like, it almost hits you harder that yeah. way. You know what I mean? It's- it's interesting to hear you say yeah. that because I've seen some older films and I felt exactly the same way about that. Like one of my favorite uh, films from that era, I think it's from the seventies um, is uh, William Friedkin, uh, my favorite William Friedkin movie. And he did, um, uh, well, it doesn't matter, but uh, my favorite is a movie called Sorcerer. And I guarantee you, whatever you think this movie is about, it's not. So, but it's exactly like you said, like there's not a lot of violence in it, but when it hits, Oh man, it's it's big and it's bad and it's it's the visceral is the best word the one you use for it. It's and I wonder if it's the time period or the technique, but I absolutely feel the same way. Yeah, and I think it's these days movies are just almost silly violent Ultra a lot produced, of times. Yeah, and when you see it in here, it's very like what's happening is very deliberate and very. Um, intended to be real, right? Mm-hmm. It's not stagey kind of stuff going on. So um, it, it definitely kind of hits you. So um, yeah, I would recommend. 
Um, obviously, those are gone from HBO Max now, so if you want to watch <laughs> them there, you can't. But um, uh, if either of those two interest you, I would definitely say Get Carter. Um, the 71 version is well worth a watch if that, uh, if that strikes you. Moving on from that, um, I won't spend forever on what I've been playing because you don't have to guess what I've been playing, <laughs> but um, I the short version is been doing a a uh, strength status build, oh. which is uh, kind of fun to just beat the living tar out of things with heavy attacks and inflict some some uh, status effects, and so I've been kind of having fun with that. It's a different style than I've played so far. And then I'm just trying to round that character out and then kind of finish everything, um, getting all the stuff on that one. Then I'll either go on to uh, New Game Plus or maybe take a break, do something else, and then do that again. Or, or who knows, start up another character when Bill starts playing or whatever the case is. But uh, kind of wrapping up that playthrough. So um, I've played through Elden Ring again um, in the span that Kelsey has not been beaten Elden Ring. So I feel <laughs> yeah, pretty good about it's that. It's true. It's true. Um, any any stealth archery builds in there? You you can definitely be there is stealth in this game, um, and you can do an archer build if you want to. Um, I it would probably be difficult to make that your only source of mm. damage, but you can definitely I, do it. I was just comparing my thinking on how I approach my Skyrim builds. Um, I love archery in Skyrim. I love sneaking up and kind of hitting them unawares for like a first few shots. But then once the combat has started, okay. Now let's get like the real, you know, like combat gear out. So I didn't know if it would. Oh yeah, uh, you can it, do that. Okay. So you got a couple options. I won't spend forever again because it's not Elden Ring show, but essentially there are like basically just a couple classes of ranged weapons. They're short bows, and uh, as the name implies, they're not intended for long distances. But every weapon has something they call Ashes of War, which is basically like a weapon skill, right? <laughs> and for most weapons, you can change it there's a few that have one that's specifically bound to it but for a lot of them you can swap it out when you want and one of the cool um, ashes of war for that's only available short bows is barrage where you can just you know just bang 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 mm. uh, you know arrows real quick um mm. where you really have to wait draw the bow each time kind of slow mm. but that's a really cool weapon skill and especially if you want to do like status arrows like poison or sleep mm. or something like that you can just bang 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 okay. and uh, inflict a status on them but yeah, like most games, headshots do more damage. Uh, there's longbows, which, you know, name implies. I don't have to explain that one. Several different kinds. <laughs> and then there are great bows. Uh, there are um, uh, crossbows. And then there are ballista. And ballista can be fun. Um, they are just about as the name implies. Like, just crazy huge bows. And there's this one <laughs> called the Jar Cannon, which is pretty hilarious. It it takes an insane is it, is amount of time to, to load. fire jars? No, it's like a giant jar. Like, you have to think this is like, uh, like they're set in like fantasy times, right? Right? Mm. There's no like gunpowder or anything. Mm. So it's just like this gigantic jar that is <laughs> explosive and shoots out these giant bolts. And you can have a lot of fun because it does crazy damage, but is extremely slow. But I mean, you can have a really entertaining time because they hit so hard, you'll just knock, knock guys <laughs> yeah. forever when you hit them. And a lot of times, if they're near an edge, you'll just blink and they're ah, and they're going off the edge. So you'll have a lot of fun with it. But yes, so I won't spend any more time. But yes, you can have a lot of fun with projectile weapons in Elden Ring. There's wow. some great choices. Um, <clears throat> other things I've been watching, uh, Evo has happened mm. since uh, the last we spoke, and uh, that's. 
probably many would argue one of the greatest uh, fighting game tournaments uh, in the uh, in the year. The I watched the Street Fighter Five, uh, mostly the top eight. I caught some of the top sixteen, but the top eight. And man, there's a player that I think many people would say is is the best player, and I would say uh, he's guaranteed the best U.S. player, if not one of the best if not the best player in the world. But his name's Idom. Um, is kind of the moniker he goes by. <clears throat> First name is Ivan. He goes Ivan Domination's Idom. Mm. But um, he's this, he's crazy good. He just always has like, I don't know, like a savant. He's just crazy good at this game. And he's not, he's kind of a soft-spoken guy. He doesn't really pop mm. off. He's just, man, they're he's my, just They're my favorites. Yeah, he's just <laughs> like this guy that sits down He's not crazy about it or anything, and he just gets to work. And and at the end, you know, when he wins, he's super respectful. He's not a trash talker. He's just a pretty cool guy. And he makes this crazy run. Like, he gets dropped into the loser's bracket, so it's double elimination bracket. And he gets dumped in the loser bracket, like, way back in pools, which is kind of a crazy upset. Mm. Um and then he makes this crazy run, which is not too surprising <laughs> considering the caliber of players through the loser's bracket, all the way to grand finals. So, like, you have to think, when you're down there, you basically have to fight the best of the best because mm-hmm. it's a double elimination, right? Like, all these people, right. even the great ones, are going to get knocked into losers at some point in time. So you have to fight your way through basically all of the mm. awesome players from everywhere to get to grand finals. And then to win grand finals, you have to beat the winner of the of the on the winner side and then beat him again right yeah. you have to beat him two sets in a row and he makes this crazy run like all these crazy awesome players and he's like a lot of them just making them look like they don't know what they're doing i mean it's <laughs> it's crazy and he makes it all the way he he gets to the grand finals he goes through he's struggling a little bit but he, he starts winning and he resets the bracket beats Beats the winner. <clears throat> All right, so now he has to do it again to win, right? And there sets a you have to it's three best best out of three. He goes like him and this other guy Kwano from Japan, and they're going through it, and they're back, and they're fourth. Gets all the way to where it's last game, hmm. last round. Like they've each won enough where last game, last round, almost the last pixel of the game. And just at the last minute, he loses. No. To to the other guy that won. So even though he didn't win the whole thing, still though, with all of the caliber players that he had to fight and win mm. and beat versus the guy that got to ride winner side all the way through. And then if you think about the number of games played, he beat the winning guy in more sets than he lost. Yeah. He just couldn't do it two sets back to back. And it was just crazy, amazing run. So it was fantastic to watch. And obviously, this is the last big year for Street Fighter V before Street Fighter VI comes out. Right. And uh, they had some more character announcements. Uh, so they announced uh, Jury and Kimberly, which is a new character. So Jury is a returner, very popular character. And then Kimberly is a new character that's come along that kind of has the Bushin style. Um, from previous games like Guy and uh, Zeku from Street Fighter V. It's kind of that same kind of style character. Mm. And uh, they showed off some more gameplay. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, 
moving on from that, I I uh, just remember today before we got on because today's the last day, so I, I didn't want to forget. But Limited Run Games is doing a re- release of a game called Rendering Ranger R2. It was a game that only came out in Japan for Super Famicom, but it's a shooter. Um, and it's kind of a combination, like action shooter and then like what you would normally consider a shooter. But extremely rare game over there, very expensive one, and never came out here in the U.S., but finally it got a release through that. So um, I did pick up a copy of that, so hopefully that should be shipping out for too long. But it was one of those ones where they're doing like a, taking pre-orders for a certain amount of time. So I'll be looking forward to giving that one a shot. Um, I think I mentioned last time that I picked up an old PC at the flea market for like 10 bucks, mm. And um, I dug into that one a little more. I really liked the case that was in. So I uh, actually gutted it out. Uh, did some retro writing on some of the, the plastics that were on there. And then transferred my PlayStation, I mean, sorry, PlayStation, Pentium 3 setup into it with all of its cards. The, the new machine was, it was a lot newer. It was like a AMD Athlon. And so it was just a lot newer than what I was looking for. But whoever had this game had it pretty stacked. I mean, it was like three gigs of RAM and an old AMD Athlon board. I'm like, <laughs> that's almost 20 years old. You're like, holy crap. Like who had three gigs of RAM back then? Um, had maxed it out. So I, I've still got the parts for it. I don't know. I might put it back into another case or just sell the parts off. It's really... I'm not looking for that era of gaming PC to get back into. And um, I, I pulled like that voodoo card out that I've got. Um, so I'll either, Kels, if you want to do something with it, or I'll end up selling it or whatever the case is. Because I don't tend to do gaming on it. But um, So yeah, I transferred that over. And I like the case. It's a lot bigger. Uh, it's got room for uh, some extra fans. It's just easier for me to get in and work on. So I, I like that. And then last but not least, uh, I was over at a friend's house. And this makes me glad that I didn't decide to come, Bill. Um, <laughs> because I was at a friend's house the weekend before Retro World. And we are over there hanging out and having a good time. And um, while we were there, his, his son wasn't feeling well. And had been feeling fine. But also, like, later in the evening when we were there, he's, like, wearing a hoodie and just kind of sitting off in the corner. We're like, what's going on? Like, it's not... It's not cold in here. What's up? And he's like, I'm just not feeling good. And they take his temperature and he's got a fever. And we're like, oh, crap, right? So they take a COVID test and it's negative. We're like, okay, well, maybe it's just like something else, right? People still get regular sick. And then sure enough, the next day he sends me a text like, dude, he's he's positive. Mm. Um, And I'm like, ah, crap, you know, because we've been hanging over there. Um, so I probably would have canceled out. Now, good news is I did not end up getting COVID. Um, so that's good for me, but you know, that's like an incubation period of like five days or whatever. So by Mm -hmm. the time I would have felt safe, it would have been too late for me to try to change any plans anyway. Mm -hmm. And obviously I wouldn't come out and give everybody COVID, um, if I had it. So, you know, all things worked out for whatever reason they needed to work out. Uh, I'm glad I didn't get COVID. Unfortunately, my friend and all of his family, you know, of course it went through all of them, but I just, either I dodged a bullet or all the vaccines did a good job. I'm going to chalk it up to science yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and glad that I did not get the grodies. But, uh, the, while I was over there though, um, his brother, which is also a friend of mine, um, had picked up like, uh, a couple years ago, like when the pandemic had been going on, he had messaged me about it, but I hadn't 
really been down to look because I just I'd been over his house, but I hadn't thought about it. And I was like, hey, you need to go show me that stuff. Because he had messaged me as a neighbor as had been moving as like had a couple games that he wanted to get rid of, right? Didn't really want to fool with moving them and etc. And so I get over there and it's a uh, pinbot, pinball. So you guys know pinbots, nice. right? Um, yeah. Very, very popular Williams arcade pinball machine. And uh, and there's a Street Fighter 2 that he got. And both of them look pretty good. And I asked him, like, man, what did you know? What did you what did you give for these? Or you know, do you mind sharing? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. I gave uh, two hundred a piece for him. <laughs> Whoa! And Especially I, I'm like, on that pinball. Yeah. When nineteen eighty seven? Yeah, I was like, uh, so, you know, like the Street Fighter is probably worth more than that. I mean, because it's got a clean yeah. mod yeah, or no burn yeah. and. Yeah, so it's I'm guessing probably like worth four or five hundred or something. Even but more, a pinbot yeah. is probably worth like five six grand. Yeah. And um, so I was like, dude, do you have any idea what this goes for? And he's like, oh no, he's just got it packed up. I'm like, so I told him, and he's like, yeah, I don't think I want to keep this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't blame you. So, uh, but he he's not a technical guy, but he's like, oh, you know. It's been sitting for a while. Would you help me get it, you know, all cleaned up and everything and ready to sell it? You know, and what would you charge me and everything? I'm like, yeah, I've done work like this before. We, it's in your basement. We can get it all set up. I'm happy to help you out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to pay you or whatever the case is. I said, I tell you what, man. You got a killer deal on this set, right? And I'm high-fiving you all the way. I tell you what, if I do the work on the pinball... How about you let go of the Street Fighter? And he's like, dude, you didn't even have to. I would have just gave you the Street Fighter anyway if you asked me for it. And so I'm like, deal. So I'm, I haven't, I'm not done it yet, but I'm, I'm going to go over at some point in time here and clean up his, do, help him clean up his pin bot for sale. And then uh, at some point here, bring the Street Fighter to him. But it's original Street Fighter 2. Uh, it looks like not a conversion. It looks like a regular Street Fighter 2 cabinet. That's so awesome. Yeah. So um, hopefully at some which, point in time, which really, I'll get it in the door. Which really wasn't common because so many Street Fighters were just kits. Uh, there's really not a lot of like, that's why there's really no like consensus on like, what's a, what's a legit Street Fighter 2 cabinet? Because it was really like mostly kits that were sent out, which is why there's such a hodgepodge. I think that's why that like Dynamo corner cab is like the one that everyone associates with it. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't have time to dig inside. So, I mean, if they replaced pretty much even the the CP and stuff, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, looking at pictures of like, this is what a legit Street Fighter 2 looks like. I'm like, yeah, no, everything looks yeah. like it matches up. Awesome. So I'll find out one one of these days. Yeah, but, no, I'd um, love to see yeah, it. Yeah, it's a great looking machine. It. It's, got, you, it's got no, no burn in on the screen. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so at some point in time, that excites because not a lot of arcade games do I care to own. Sure, that's you know that was kind of the thing that got me in the arcades. So. I'm super happy I had a play choice. I swapped some games in and out of it. I worked on it a bit. It was a great thing to have. I'm and I'm not upset that it's gone. The Mortal Kombat's one and two. They were awesome to work on. Glad I owned them. I have great memories. I'm not sad they're gone. The and I, I sold my police trainer guns and board. Not sad they're gone. There's one arcade game that I still have, and it is the 
project cabinet I've been working on for ages. It's my Dynamo Showcase that I'm redoing as a big blue. It's been on hiatus for a while because of life and kids and all sorts of stuff. But I still have, and I just tested it like a few months ago, Super Street Fighter 2 is the board that's going in this cabinet. And I will, I have no plans to not have a Street Fighter 2 available in my house <laughs> at some point. Yeah, that's what I looked at. As soon as I started, I'm like, man, what do like champion edition boards go for? And stuff. So I'm like, a, more, I gotta, more know, than man, at some more point in time, the, I got to yeah. get a championship edition and a turbo. Yeah, so. they, they go for more than what he got that uh, cabinet for. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have to guess. Um, I'm like, dude, you got like deal of century. Yeah, that, but, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm really happy for him. And I'm like, Man, we at least got to play some Pinbot for a little while before you sell it because it's a great game. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't blame you. If I had this, yeah. I'd sell it too. Yeah, you know what I do? <laughs> Just give him an NES version of Pinbot. Uh, it's the same thing. <laughs> no. Just, you take this, and I'll take the machine out of here. Take it out of your hair. You know, it won't make any noise for you or anything. I told you he's my friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't do him like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's some of the stuff that's been going on. Yeah, I mean. Don't get me wrong, it'll probably be a while. And then he's like, um, you can have the Street Fighter 2, but here's the deal. Um, I'm not moving it. And I'm like, of course, dude. Um, I don't blame you. I will hire someone. Absolutely. I can't move it either. <laughs> so I will hire someone to come get it out of your basement and take it to my house. But uh, but yeah, but that's kind of what's been going on with me. So uh, it's been good times. That's exciting. My life hasn't been as exciting as both of yours, apparently. Uh, but I did get to see Concert Bill, hey. which I didn't expect to see. Uh, we were sitting in our backyard every Friday night with some friends, as we often do. And we heard music from the stadium that's you know, like 20 blocks from my house, oh, wow. like pretty clearly. I'm like, hey, I think I think that's Nazareth. Like, <laughs> do you guys know what's going on? And so we we look it up and sure enough, there's a three day like classic rock like fest going on uh, fairly close. And so I'm like, what bands are playing? And my friend that's looking up, she's like, I don't know any of these bands. And I'm like, I love bands that you don't know the names of. List them off to me. <laughs> and she's reading them. And and one of them, she says, is Kickaxe. She's like, I've never heard of this band. And I'm like, my wife's like, I've never heard of this band. And I'm like, yes, you have. I had them on vinyl like a week ago upstairs. I made you guys listen to them all week. <laughs> And she's like, what? I'm like, it's the album cover with like the robot that's made out of like a vice grip thing. It's really, you know, bad looking, but I love that album. And so I, I dig into it more and sure enough, it's the same band. And I, I don't think they've really been a band since like 91. They put out like some album in 2004 and then disappeared again. Uh, so I was so excited to go see them. So I found out they were playing on Sunday and they were opening. Oh, wow. So I went down, grabbed grabbed a t-shirt and grabbed a ticket and uh got to see them and they have i think they have a new singer um but he did fantastic mm-hmm. like they they nailed it and they have such a small catalog that they played almost everything i wanted to hear <laughs> which was awesome that's amazing. um yeah and nobody else was there to see them uh, they're apparently too obscure even for us canadians so there was not a lot of people at the time for opening. So I was like front of the cage, like <laughs> right, like 10 feet from them. Um, it was really cool. Uh, then Sweet came out after and the place like got packed for Sweet. I, I thought I would know more of their songs. I only knew two of them, but uh, everyone else seemed to know the whole catalog pretty well. They were into it. And then I felt like a really old man because I, I planned to stay for more bands. 
but my back hurt from standing for three to four hours. So I was like, I gotta go home and sit down. I can't do anymore. I, I gotta be honest. So it's I'm, my it's my biggest like not like fear, regret, whatever, but like I just know it about myself. I can't. I can walk fifty thousand steps in a day. Not a problem. Standing is different. Mm-hmm. If I have to stand for a few hours, I'm gonna have issues. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I sit down at concerts, I'll stand up occasionally, you know, big song or something, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know it'll be trouble if I stand. This, this was all outside. There was mm. no seating unless mm. you brought your own lawn chair and then you had to kind of sit quite a ways back and sure, I didn't want sure. that. So yeah. did what I could. I got to see the one I was most excited to see and they did not disappoint. I have a sweet kick X t-shirt now. That's so cool. Uh, so yeah, it was really I, I looked them up uh, while you were chatting, and yeah, they're like active from like seventies to like eighty eight, and then again in two thousand four on. So yeah, they uh, took a little break yeah. and came back to rock. Totally, um, yeah, I was really pleasant surprise. Yeah. And like you, I I knew if I bought a second ticket, I would not be able to convince anybody to come with me. So I just went solo and just had a good time. I, I th- like I mentioned that I didn't mention it like looking for people to feel sorry for me, but people are like I asked people if they wanted to go, and like everyone who said no, several of the people who said no, when I like I saw some of them at Retro World, and one of them was like, oh man, I got this show coming up and this show, you want to go to these, you know? So they were kind of like you know, trying to do like uh, the little. Not like the makeup, but just like, oh, like I'm totally into it. We'll do something. So that was kind of cool. So there, there might be mm. some, some group shows in the future. But yeah, I'm, I'm not making the mistake again. I'll, I'll buy myself a ticket. And, uh, <laughs> and the other thing too is, uh, when the corn tickets came out, I was kind of on this kick of like, I said I'm gonna go see more live music. I'm just gonna buy the ticket. So I bought the ticket like the day they were available, and that was a mistake because tickets were available like the day of the show, and they discount tickets at the box office like the day of the show. That's what I did at uh, Alice right. in Chains. I drove like two and a half something hours to uh, Jones beach. I didn't have a ticket. I got to the box office and I, a friend of mine who worked for live nation before she's like, go to the box office day of the show, tell them where you want to sit and what you want to pay. So, and they're like, you know, just don't be like, you know, I want to be front row for $10. You know, like they won't do that. So basically right. I was like, like the face on the ticket was like, I don't know, like 80 plus fees uh, is like a hundred or something. I was like, can you get me like right there for like 50, 60 bucks? And they did it. So like now that I know that's a thing that box office will do because that ticket's going unsold, you know, if if you don't buy it. So and the way they see it is like if you're just like, give me the cheapest ticket you have, that's a thirty dollar seat and back. They'd rather give you a sixty dollar. You know, that's thirty extra dollars they wouldn't have. So it it only doesn't work for uh, people that like sell out because people don't think they're going to tour again or like maybe they don't tour very often. Mm But for for um, both the Alice in Chains and the Corn show, like I should have just got a ticket day off. So, uh, and it changes too, because like when Tool first started touring for the first time and on the new album in 2019, I got the ticket like the minute they went on sale, it sold out right away. And I actually sold one of my extra tickets for like at least double what I paid for it. So I did the same thing on the next Tool show. I bought two tickets, assuming I'd be able to sell the other one. And I sold the other one at a loss, like the day before the show. <laughs> so it's just, you never know. Like, uh, it was probably just because it was their first time back in forever. And like, everybody just wanted right. to see it. But that's so awesome that you got, I didn't know you had a venue so close to the house that you could, uh, hear stuff at. Uh, I didn't either. And it's actually been like a bit of a political thing up here because people that live across the street from the, uh, concert venue had to listen to music they didn't want to oh, hear man. for, like seven eight hours in a row three days in a row and then they did a country festival the next weekend it was like the same kind of thing 
now, so now that you mentioned that yeah now you mentioned that i've heard like not around here but like sarah my wife um when she lived in florida there was something like that with like a local venue that like there was like signs everywhere you know like vote no to proposition whatever because it was like right. the the sound statute or whatever the, yeah like like they were so loud like i told you like i could identify the band from my backyard 20 blocks away i have friends that live on the opposite side of town and they were walking their dog and they're like we heard the wow. concert from our house like what idiotic insane. zoning board uh, decided to put that right next to residential <laughs> that they don't normally do concerts outside this was a they they have inside venues but they it was really hot summer thing they made a outside yeah it wasn't a typical thing so there, there's a lot of stuff right now and we're having an election soon so it's like very yeah <laughs> top of mind at the yeah. moment so but let's not so, talk about so that the, the only thing i wanted to, i forgot to mention this so hopefully you won't be too disappointed in me the uh the show that i'm going to with my dad is on october 13th uh, i was wearing a smashing pumpkin mm-hmm. show at retro world and i got a lot of compliments on it which was surprising to me because I never get compliments on anything I wear. So a lot of pumpkins fans were around, which was awesome. Um, and I mentioned to everyone who said that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to see him like October 13th. And one guy was like, oh, like when are you going to see him? And I said the date and he's like, oh, I think that's the same day as, yeah, I can't go to that show. Uh, that's the day that I'm seeing Judas Priest. So oh, I can't go, I can't man. go see uh, Judas Priest. But uh, my buddy that, uh, that I met at Retro World, he's going to that show. So I'll, I'll see if I can. I, I mean, I, that's the thing too. Is like I want to see them because you gotta you gotta see Judas Priest, but I also don't want to be a poser, so I want to you know kind of get a little more familiar so that I'm uh, at least can sing along a little bit. You don't need to worry about that. They're not like they're old enough that they kind of missed that like uh, wave that started in like the mm-hmm. '80s where it's like you you only like metal and if you don't know it like you're a poser. You don't really get that with Priest. Okay. Yeah. Just wear yeah. your spike yeah. dog collar, and you'll be fine. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Just wear my, my corn hoodie. I'm sure they're all familiar. Oh, God, <laughs> no, don't do that. Man, Rob Halford loves, like, all sorts of kinds of metal. Like, I'm positive he has said nice things about corn in the past. Like, if you look at he, everyone they tour with, he, like, mm. really praises. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go through some movies really quick. I finally watched Sunshine, which Bill brought to my attention a couple years ago. And we noticed, I can't remember if it was on Disney or Netflix, if you're one of the two. And so they put it on the list. We were babysitting for some friends really last minute. They were like, we need someone to watch our kid for like three hours. And so they dropped off their, their infant with us. And my wife was like, let's just watch a movie while this kid's crawling around the living room. So we you know, moved the couches, made a little playpen, put Sunshine on. Uh, so hopefully we didn't scar this uh, eight month old for life. <laughs> it was good. It was really cool. I couldn't believe like I knew Chris Evans was in it, uh, but that was all I knew. I didn't realize that I knew like every single other person that was also yeah. in that cast. Awesome cast. The music's amazing. The cinematography. There's like Danny Boyle doesn't put there's, a bad looking image yeah. in a movie. Every frame is beautiful. It's one of one of those movies where yeah if you just like if someone mentions it like uh, some scene from it will just very viscerally mm-hmm. pop into your mind and you'll because there's a lot of really cool looking uh and and, and, and i might have mentioned this before but remember when um uh i don't want to spoil anything in sunshine but um remember when wonder woman came out the new one what was it 84 there's the okay. scene where she's like flying 
and it's got this like really like awesome like emotional piece of music that's going on there like just just if, if you don't remember just go back and watch that scene that piece of music is fireworks from, and everything yeah going that off. piece yeah. of music is from sunshine originally and and oh. they put it in as like a placeholder and they liked it so much they like made it uh, <laughs> uh the music but go back it's the scene when Canada has to leave the ship to go do some stuff that's the song that they used uh in wonder woman and it's one of the best songs uh anyone's ever put in a movie it's so good very cool yeah i appreciate you putting me onto that i really enjoyed it so i'm going to keep my eye out if i can find a physical copy to add to the collection i'm going to do that Uh, on the other end of the spectrum i watched catwoman with halle berry i've never seen that one what whatever terrible things you've heard about it like it's far worse than oh, whatever you heard. No. Like, it, it was so bad in every conceivable way you can imagine. And not bad to the point it was fun. Like, just boring, boring, oh. bad, awful. Yeah, Very you dumb actually, movie. Worst thing I've seen in so You reminded long. me of something I forgot to mention uh, in my thing there. I'll, I'll wait until you're finished and I'll, I'll loop back to it. I'm done talking about Catwoman. <laughs> what, what do you got? <laughs> uh, so I remember uh, when I was uh, talking before, I said you might have even heard Keith David in something more recent uh, that I watched today. So uh, today it was National Cinema Day uh, down here. I don't know if they uh, have it up there as well, but I got an, never, I, heard, I never of heard of it either. I got an email like a few days ago. It's oh, National Cinema Day. I'm like, all right, what do they want? Uh, and it's basically like any participating movie theater, all tickets are three dollars. So I was like. Oh, we did do that. I just didn't know it. That, yeah, that's what yeah, they call it down here. So, um, so I was like, oh, cool. So I check our local theater. Uh, they're not participating, but the one like one town over <laughs> is. So not the one that's five minutes away, the one that's 15 minutes away. So it's really not a big deal. So um, basically I went to the kids and I'm like, hey, like here's all here's the movies that's playing. Like, what do you want to watch? So my wife stayed here with our youngest and me and the two boys went to the movie theater today to watch DC League of Super Pets. Hey, I watched that. And it was great. <laughs> it was, it was so good. And there's a lot of humor built in for not just the parents, but for like, you know, the comic crowd or like, you know, the uh, people who like know the characters. Like all the superhero characters are kind of like caricatures of them. They're like, it's not like. I loved Keanu as Keanu Batman. Keanu as Batman so was, good. Um, was like a mix between how Will Arnett does Batman and Lego Batman and like uh, uh, Duke Kaboom. <laughs> Um, where he's like very like self-aware and like serious and like yeah. he's really playing it, but he's really leaning into the jokes too. Um, I did not know anything going in. I didn't know it was Dwayne Johnson. Once I heard Dwayne Johnson, I was like, okay, where's Kevin Hart at? There's Kevin Hart. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but a lot of the voices I couldn't pick out. Keanu, you can tell a mile away, but I, I couldn't pick out that the main villain uh, was Kate McKinnon. So I learned that in the credits. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 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 Crypto, who's uh, uh, Superman's dog, he's got this little hologram that comes out where he can talk to his father and it like reminds him kind of the old times. And when he first starts talking, I think it's James Earl Jones because it's got that very deep, you know, Mufasa like quality to it. And after a few seconds, I was like, that's that's Keith David. <laughs> so uh, but man, I'm telling you, DC League of Super Pets was really good. So, I got to ask you a question. Yep. Uh, I think I mentioned it the last show, but like 
did did the same thing happen in your theater when they made the Paw Patrol reference? Did every kid under ten erupt at the so same time? I didn't, so I didn't after? hear a cheer then, but like so like all the super pets kind of show up on the roof and like there's the bad guy and it's like all right here we are to stop you and the the main villain is like what is this the Paw Patrol? My middle guy yeah. when they say that his mo- like the 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 melding of these two worlds like <laughs> happening like. The fact that someone in the movie is aware of Paw Patrol, the face he made was like, <gasps> and he looked at me and he was like, they said Paw Patrol. Like, I, yeah, it really hit him. Like, my other guy, like, he just kind of laughed, but uh, there was probably a laugh in the theater, but I was so focused on the face my middle guy was making. It was great. And, and the turtle, I can't remember any other movie where they just flat out curse and beep it out. Yeah. And she does yeah. it at least. They didn't try and make it clever it, little play on words. It she just, did it yeah, she just at least three times. At least twice mm-hmm. with the S word. And there's definitely one F-bomb that they just An beat. F-bomb too. And yeah. I was like kind of looking around like, man, I've never heard them try and do that. But uh, yeah, it was it's just it was super solid. And a lot of the, the, the jokes, um, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch that are just to do with like comics. Like, uh, like, oh, this is like my origin story. And my uncle didn't even have to die. Like, there's a lot of, like, you know, little stuff like that. Um, and they poke at Marvel. They poke at, uh, you know, DC. And a lot of it's little stuff. Yeah. Like, there's a really good one where Superman's, like, looking at himself in the mirror. And he sees a wrinkle in his shirt. And he, like, laser eyes through the mirror to, like, you know, he's like, let me just iron that out real quick. <laughs> they should call me Iron Man. No. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of goofy <laughs> stuff like that. But then there's also just ones that catch me off guard. And I, I don't really like spoiling jokes for people because it's I think it's better to hear them in the theater. So I'll just do one and then I'll leave it alone. But there's one where like the the, the main guinea pig. So it's like all these animals that have been experimented on. And they ended up getting superpowers from this different kind of kryptonite. I don't know if that's a thing because I'm not slumming it with Superman. There's so many kinds. Are of there really? I can't okay, follow them so, all either. Yeah. So uh, it's. I don't know if that was a new one or. So it's a, a so it's a kind one. that gives you superpowers and like so like Lex has been experimenting on these animals. And some of them get superpowers. So one of the guinea pigs kind of starts to rise up and wants to do Lex's bidding for him and like earn his like respect. So she like goes to like all the other guinea pigs, like, oh, like come with me, like we're gonna do this stuff. And the guinea pigs are like, no, like, I, I think we're good here. Like we got, we got food, <laughs> you know, we got water. And then it goes to like the guinea pig just drinking the water out of the thing. And then um, uh, this line got me so good. Like he was like, we even have Spanish class every miércoles. <laughs> and then later on the guinea pigs are just speaking spanish for no reason because they just know how to do it it was just really cute and fun and the boys loved it and uh it, it was great and part of me was like man three dollar movie tickets is there going to be just a thousand people in this theater but it was totally fine it was good space between people it was just nice. having a lot of kids in the theater laughing was really awesome because kids would just yell out different things and the parents were like, shh. And yeah. it's like, it's okay. <laughs> we're, we're all in here yeah. with kids. It's all, all right. Here. Yeah. So my, my daughter knows I have a type now too. I realized when we watched that movie, because when all the guinea pigs were getting their powers, you know, there's like the ice one, there's the fast mm. one, there's the rainbow one. Uh, when the huge buff one with the long hair came out, she's like, dad, 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 dad look at that one. Like, made sure I saw Absolutely. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, good, good, so good times. For... Good fun. <clears throat> So for us old folks, was there a, a, a Wonder Mutt appearance in that movie? or No. No. Didn't Sorry. see it. No. But yeah, Ke- Ke- Keanu um, has, some, has some choice lines, uh, and, and they, they poke at uh, yeah. Batman Works Alone. 
So yeah, good good stuff. It's uh, it will not disappoint. I don't think. Yeah, fun movie. Um, another fun movie in a very different way I watched was Interstellar. Um, I've been putting it off for a while. You've never seen Finally that? Finally got around to it. Wow. No, it was my first viewing. And Tars. Like, I knew it had a really... Tars is so Come good. On, He's like one of my favorite droids in like any Absolutely. movie. Like, what, what happens if he opens that? Nothing good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. What do yeah. you think? It was, yeah. Um, it was long, but not boring like i was invested in it the whole time i could imagine if i rewatched it like maybe the first hour would be slow but uh yeah i was really interested in where it was going there's a couple twists that i didn't quite see coming uh like tars was added like humor in the Mm -hmm. right way that it was really fun um yeah some of the like choices were really heart-wrenching like like when they had to go to that uh planet that was covered in water and they knew like because of the gravity there like an hour on the planet was going to be i think they said like seven years and then it didn't go according to plan like man like there was some really neat stuff in that movie i I quite quite enjoyed it and it's really nice to watch something that has a really good reputation and it to live Mm -hmm. up to that for you that's awesome i i didn't know you hadn't seen that that's that's one of my like top i'm not great with ranking things but like it's like a top three, like all time for me. It's one of my favorite films. It's definitely got my favorite single scene. And like, if you said, what's your favorite single scene in a film ever? It's the docking scene from interstellar in the theater. I cannot explain to you. I have never heard anything as loud in my life. Like when that organ is going, they had the speakers, they had the spinal tap speakers going, uh, they were on 11, it was unbelievable and then when that scene is over like it kind of dies down to nothing there were people in the theater who were like gasping for air (laughs) like it was so tense but yeah i absolutely love that i'm glad you glad you enjoyed it yeah i love Mm. nolan movies i don't know why that and i love sci-fi movies i don't know why that one took me so long to get to but i'm glad i finally did Uh, I've been watching the new She-Hulk with my son. Um, He hasn't been too interested in Marvel stuff for a while, um, but he specifically asked if I'd watch that with him, so we've been watching it, and it is very funny. And a lot of shows over the years have broken the fourth wall, which she does too, and she's very well known for that in the comics. But something really cool happened in the newest episode where usually when in a movie or a TV show when they break the fourth wall, like there's a real jarring moment where you know okay they're talking to me now and they do the thing and in this one there was a fourth break that i didn't realize it happened and she literally was saying word for word what i was thinking like calling me out for thinking the thing i was thinking and then like running a joke after that and it really took me a minute i had to think about it i'm like she's talking to me like literally me right now like oh it was so weird i've never had that happen before yeah, i haven't heard of it yeah because they didn't have that moment where the camera turned and yeah, she looked at you or anything yeah. she was just talking and then she started talking to the audience and it just it was so smooth it caught me off guard yeah i've, I've seen a lot of chatter on it we're gonna watch it we're we were just finishing up um, i didn't mention this but we're watching uh, we finished uh, only murders in the building season two uh on hulu which we really really mm-hmm. like it's very good um, but yeah, that's uh, the next thing on our Disney Plus queue for uh, when we uh, start to watch something else. So, yeah, the the first episode 
is, you know, fine. It's just like origin stuff. They get it out of the way. I thought the show is fun and interesting okay. after that. Yeah. Um, but let's get to games. Um, Mike and I have still been plugging away on Lufia 2. We've had some pretty good sessions where, because we've had some pretty bad sessions where we just get stuck on a puzzle or we have to grind a boss or something. But the last two times we've sat down with it, it feels like we're making really good uh, work getting through it. Gonna go crush um, some sinistrals. Yeah, one of them's down. Gotta go get three more of them now. Yeah. But I, I really feel I think Mike would agree that the reputation that game has is maybe not deserved. It's very mediocre. I don't know why it's held in high esteem. There's a lot better RPGs on the SNES. Yeah, but there's also a lot worse. <laughs> so you know, it's yeah. not it's not bad. It's just that, that's what I mean. It's yeah, not just cream of the crop road. either, right? Yeah, which I feel like a lot of people put it in the cream of the crop area, mm-hmm. which I, I wouldn't agree with. I think I said it before, but I would say you know, like it's a good B tier Super Nintendo RPG. Mm-hmm. That's where it fits and. If that's what you're looking for. If you played all the A tier, go for it. Yeah. Um, I finished Zelda Minish Cap since we last spoke, and it was fantastic. That's way up there for Zeldas for me now. That's like probably a top three. It was so good. Is that Game Boy Color? That is Game Boy Advance. Advance, okay. Color's the Oracle of Ages and Seasons. Ah, okay. All, right. They're, all three of those are Capcom involved, though, so easy to mix up. But yeah, Minish Cap had one of the best overworlds in, in a Zelda game in a long time. I, I was really finding, with especially with the handheld ones, like playing Oracle of Ages and Seasons and Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, I'm like, I hate the overworlds in all of these games, and it really kind of drags down some good dungeons in a couple of them. Uh, but Minish Cap had a really fun overworld, great dungeons, some really cool, interesting um, items that you can use to traverse them um the story was fine you know it wasn't anything to write home about but it was it, it was the same as you'd expect for a zelda game like on par with link to the past i'm glad you finally got one that you enjoyed because you kind of had a couple that weren't uh appealing to you uh in your zelda quest mm-hmm. there so I'm, I'm glad to hear that this one's good yeah me too i was really well, I remember, I remember you really said something like, you know, like maybe the reason why you don't really hear much about these other ones is because they aren't actually very good. And like the ones that I played are the good ones. But uh, I, I hadn't played. Uh, I played Spirit Tracks. Um, I don't remember if I finished it. Um, I did not play Minish Cap, though. So it's uh, added to the list of uh, yeah. Steam Deck uh, candidates. Totally. I did just finish Spirit Tracks as well. And it was not great like the the train stuff and, and same with the boat stuff in phantom hourglass like it kind of dawned to me after playing spirit tracks so close to it the reason those are even in there is because they probably couldn't figure out how to make it fun to travel an open world with touch controls <laughs> so they made these vehicles and they're also pretty slow and monotonous and repetitive after a while uh so it wasn't fun to go from dungeon to dungeon after you've done the first one because it's just the same thing you're just waiting to get there i don't understand where somebody was in a meeting and was like you know what zelda needs trains yeah. that's the and, ticket and, man trains. you know what else is weird is like i i know game companies uh experiment right they try different things mm-hmm. and but 
it seems, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, do you experiment with like, you know, like one of your biggest franchises? Do you roll a dice on that? And they do it like they roll the dice with Legend of Zelda. You know, they they'll it might not be the main release. It might be like a little side, you know, handheld thing. But uh, I mean, they do it with, you know, Mario, you know, that like sometimes the side things sometimes like, you know, something like Sunshine that like the mechanics are so different than any other previous Mario thing. But mm-hmm. like they, you know, they roll the dice on those things. So it's uh Give them credit for that. Spirit Tracks is especially weird, though, because they did that experiment with Phantom Hourglass, and I would say it didn't work, but then they just did it again with Spirit Tracks, which is very mm. similar. Uh, like, I, I don't think there's any game on the DS or 3DS that anybody likes to blow into the mic or talk to the mic on, and they really doubled down on that right. feature in Spirit Tracks. You had to use the mic a ton. They had, like, a whole instrument you had to, like, move the uh, touchpad around to play this like uh, flute while you were blowing into it. I, I think I responded yeah. to one of your tweets is like, I remember getting stuck in that game and looking up a solution and they're like, you just have to blow the dust off the map. And I'm like, Oh, for criminy. Like, but it happened over yeah. and over again where I'm like, well, I should know at this point it has something to do with the microphone. Right. Yeah. I, that's very Nintendo though, is to go. All right maybe this wasn't the best well received do it again <laughs> but just try a little harder <laughs> that it'll work i also, I also is, wonder yeah. were they in development at the same time or it was like already so you know one was so late in development they couldn't change it i don't know anything about the development cycles of those yeah. games so i can't say the only good thing I can really say about those two is they both had one really cool boss that like used the having two screens on top of each other to mm-hmm. a neat effect because they were you'd have to like leap up and like use a hammer to like smash parts of like a golem while you were falling down or they had one where you were on like a uh, mm-hmm. like a rail and spinning around him like climbing up and like shooting him with arrows in certain spots and things but yeah most of those two games um they're, they're pretty bottom tier Zelda's for It's me. funny you mentioned, you've been playing Zelda. I played um, just on a whim, like I was testing my kid's Switch to make sure it was working, and I fired up the NES, um, what do you call it, NES Classics app, whatever it's called on the Switch. And, you know, you haven't played in a while. It's like, oh, here's some new stuff to play. And one of the things was Zelda 2 Adventure of Link special. Um, there might be a few specials on this. I, I, I don't know, but I've, I fired it up, yeah. and it's... They like give you all the items and stuff and like level you start from the beginning level eight like max a lot of stuff and I was like this is kind of cool because normally the first thing I do is level up for a while so I started it went right to the first temple beat the first temple first try and I'm not a good video game player so I was like this is fantastic (laughs) I might I might keep playing this (laughs) so it was kind of a cool uh, little surprise to jump in and beat the first uh, uh, temple. Yeah, I think they've done two or three mm. of them like that, and that, I love mm. that idea too. It's really good. Um, last thing, I've been really making some good progress on Digital Devil Saga 2 with my JRPG buddy. Uh, we've done some optional fights because if you have a save from the first game, it unlocks some additional content love in the that. second one. So it was cool. Yeah, it's cool to roll in like that. They did something I can't think of any other RPG doing where they have a pretty pretty small crew like you don't have like you know final fantasy 6 cast in it you've got like five characters and 
you know four of them really well because they were the main characters to the whole first game and they've got one new one and they killed off three characters in like a five to six hour period like brutally like the main character silent protagonist got killed and i can't think of any (laughs) other jrpg that's done that and then right after that we got him back because he Mm -hmm. was killed but we didn't know that we honestly thought he was dead but then the other two characters like they're they're gone like we watched their necks get snapped and their building explode with their dead bodies in it and we now have a team of three and we're like almost done the final game in the series and ever like it's cool in the fact that it surprises us and it you know adds some real stakes to the story but it's like oh shit like i've been you know i i needed the skills those two people have had and i spent all the time grinding for and now we don't have like an ice caster or we don't have someone who's good at uh Zio spells and so we're we're having to rethink our battle strategy here which is pretty interesting and it it wasn't avoidable it's not like a story you know thing that could have happened man you would think that something that you would think that something that jarring would be something that maybe people would know about first but like i guess uh, it wasn't spoiled for you so you didn't see it coming you you think they'd at least give you a prompt like would you like to wait you want to wait would you just like to go to wait (laughs) you want to leave it's like no i want to leave i don't want to be up here when this blows up i don't even remember being asked yeah to be honest. You were asked. I don't remember being asked was what I said. <laughs> My head was probably still swimming from the four hour Elden Ring episode. It's true. <laughs> uh, and one more thing about Digital Devil Saga 2 is it has an amazing soundtrack too. If you ever want some cool kind of, I don't know, a little, little bit synthy, a little rocky kind of. Uh, vibe like uh, just throw anything on from that game it's really really good straight through digital devils know how to rock they do they really and do that's saga 2 right uh yeah two, one's good as well it's the soundtrack but two's like avatar tuner good. i don't know the names oh, okay. of any of the no so i just looked so, so digital devil yeah. saga avatar tuner 2 so I don't know if that's a separate game or not. Yeah, I'll have to send is. you this. Yeah, I'm not sure. But that'll bring us to the main topic, which we've gone on for a while, which we kind of expected because it's been a while. We all wanted to catch up. Um, so it's not a long one tonight. It's going to be kind of a two-parter. I thought it would be fun to dig into our backlogs because we've all got them. And... I asked these two gentlemen to pick something from their backlog and we're going to talk about what we want out of that game and we're going to try and make a commitment to beat them and check back in sometime around November. So the only instructions I gave these guys was to pick anything they wanted. If it was a 100 plus hour JRPG that they thought they could do in two months, go for it. But if you also just wanted to play an hour of like Tetris Effect, like that's good too. So I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, where they both landed. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's start with Bill. What, what game have you chosen for so your backlog? So real quick before I go there, uh, when you mentioned that Rob Halford is very, uh, you know, uh, eclectic and very generous with, uh, you know, who he's toured with and who he listens to, I just did a quick search mm-hmm. here, and Rob Halford uh, uh, posted his 10 favorite metal albums. So you being a big metal head, I'll just go through them real quick. Uh, number one. I, I, yeah, can I absolutely. guess number one? Is it something Pantera? No, Pantera's number six. 
Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll go. Oh, it it's is. Black Sabbath. It's Black Sabbath. Black That's Sabbath, Black yeah. Sabbath. Absolutely right. Number one. Yeah. So we'll go from number 10. Uh, Motorhead. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Ace of Spades. He spoke Ace at Lemmy's funeral. Yep. He was a big Number Lemmy nine. Fan. This is the newest album or the most recent album on this list is Slipknot's self-titled album from 1999. Um, I don't know this okay. one. You're being a metalhead probably will. Uh, Emperor. Yeah, that's like uh, yeah, anthems to a welkin at like dusk. Pretty, pretty dark yeah, black. Not, metal not familiar. Uh, I know you guys both know Dio's "Holy Diver." Uh, so number six oh, yeah. is Pantera's "Cowboys from Hell." Number five, Slayer, "Rain and Blood." Number four, Iron Maiden, "Iron Maiden," 1980, uh, self-titled. Oh, I went with the Paul Diano stuff, throwing some shade. And at number three. Corns self-titled uh, debut from 1994, so you heard it here. And go. then number two, Metallica's "Kill 'Em All." So yeah, "Kill 'Em All." Yeah, really? he likes "Kill 'Em All" the best. So would have thought maybe yeah. he'd be... does he does he like the Mustaine version or the Headfield version? Oh no, hmm. he probably tells them each different something <laughs> when he's talking to him uh, <laughs> on the phone or backstage. So uh, yeah, but I thought that was interesting. So we'll uh, leave that right there for uh, for. Uh, See, you'll you'll be right at home there. No one will tease exactly. you for wearing your, your, your big so, pants. Uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll have my, my Holy Diver cap just to make sure they know that I got that going, Perfect. too. So, yeah, Let's so um, uh, I, I looked through. So the way I looked at Backlog is I wanted it to be. Well, first, I'll start with this. My first thought was to have it be pro sport hockey for the NES. But since I don't own it, I was going to okay. have Kelsey send me his uh, forever. <laughs> Um, but then when I didn't think that that would really fly, I kind of changed my thinking to it should be something that I own because a backlog is something that, you know, you can turn your head and look yeah, at. I didn't want you to add something exactly, new yeah. to your So to unfortunately, your pro this. sport didn't work out for me this time. But um, so I, I looked at all the stuff that I physically have and all the stuff that I have in my Steam library and everything. And I landed on a game uh, that was recommended to me uh by kelsey um i don't know if he's actually played it or if he recommended it to me because he just thinks that i would like it but it's a game that i own and i haven't played i own it on steam it is a platinum games game it's vanquish <laughs> yeah i have played it awesome I played a whole bunch so of so and the reason i chose vanquish i mean you know, part of it is what i just said um the other part is um as I'm looking through and I kind of, I would land on a game and I would kind of, you know, look at, okay, like who made it? What other stuff do they make? Do I like it kind of thing? And when I land and I saw vanquish and it kind of been sitting there for a little bit. And I remember, I just remembered like the other platinum uh, stuff that I've played, um, which is not a ton, but the stuff that I played through and, and did enjoy. Um, so uh, being a baby, I also didn't want to make sure that it was like insanely difficult. So um, I fired it up and I wanted to play like a little bit of it just to see if it was something I think I could do. So I only meant to play it for a little bit this morning just to kind of like give it a try. Uh, the first piece of good news I found was that there is a uh, on top of a normal and hard and God mode, there's also a casual mode. So if I need to like back down to baby level, I can do that. I started on normal. I ended up playing it for a little over an hour this morning and it is so much fun in ways that other games i've played are similar but like not quite there like every game has like a slide mechanic you're sliding for like 
as, as long as, as your suit can handle it. And then your suit overheats, obviously, but still, like, it's enough slide where you really can slide for a long ways and then let it re, re uh, uh, like, kind of refresh on you. So I played, it, it seems like it's broken up. In, there's, like, missions within acts. So I'm, like, three or four missions in, but I I did the first, like, major boss. And, man, so this, this game is, like, just tons of, uh, it's third person, tons of futuristic uh, kind of alien combat. The the story is presented. It's it's like an it's like a like a sci-fi action movie presentation, but and it's like you know English voice acted, but it really you can tell how like the Japanese influence and like how like I don't know how to say it, but how, how the um it seem it doesn't seem like American voice actors. It seems like what a foreigner would do an impression of an American like voice actor. There's a, there's a lot of like just. Uh, it almost sounds like the guy doing uh, the main character that you play, I, I think is called Gideon. Um, he is, it sounds, I thought it was David Hayter at first. Cause it sounds like someone doing like a snake impression, but it's not quite snake. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And then there's like the, like the, the, the big guy that you're with, who's got like the big chain gun and he's like the, you know, the guy who's um, like with the puns, like, Oh, I'm going to need a bigger gun. Just like the big gruff uh, voice. And then it switches to like, you know, like the girl who's like the intel right but when it switches to her and she's got like the minority report you know like swiping like all like the virtual digital things everywhere but she's also wearing like a short skirt and the camera angle is like right in front of her like looking up so like it's got this this self-awareness that it's got that it's got these like uh, uh tropes that it's going after but man like the combat is fast uh it's intuitive like Every time you see it, like, you're like, oh, I wonder if I could use that turret. You can. And then, like, you knock an enemy out of, like, one of these big Ed 209 walking uh, things. You knock him out of it, and then the thing kind of settles down. You're like, I wonder if I could go get in that thing. You can. You know? And then the way they do upgrades is really cool. Uh, like, so you can change weapons. You can pick up weapons. If you pick up the same weapon that you're holding, it, like, upgrades that weapon a little bit. Um, so if you pay attention to that, you like your assault rifle can be like three levels up and have like more ammo capacity and stuff. The boss fight that I did took, uh, two tries. So not like, you know, impossible, but like had to, had to like hunker down a little bit. So these, you know, kind of screen covering bosses with like huge health bars and you go after the weak spots. And then, uh, there was a phase two after you took it down, it kind of like morphed into another thing and then you did a thing. So, uh, I hadn't, I, Platinum's really good yeah. at bosses. They're they're always really interesting. Yeah. So I uh but yeah, it's it's been it's been on my um it's been on my list for a while and because it was kind of Kelsey's idea to do the um the uh what do you call it? The uh uh the backlog uh kind of challenge, it just felt appropriate and it just, you know, feels like the right time. Um so again, uh haven't played Bayonetta, um haven't played um I gave like Rising Revengeance a try uh, uh, at yeah. one point, um, but uh, uh, an Astral Chain is the other one that you have on my uh, on my want list. That's the one I mm. haven't played, but I also want to. Get yeah, that, that you recommend. Too. I think that was on the episode where it was like, okay, I don't really play anything You're on the Switch. Yeah, on like Switch what's going on Switch? So that's been on my list yeah. as well. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, and it's it feels like enough in my wheelhouse where it had a little bit of the. 
not so much Destiny because it's not a looter shooter, but, uh, you know, like the third-person action, kind of like the Gears of War, like the, with the sci-fi twist on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I gave it a quick shot earlier, and uh, I'm, I'm all in. It's really, really interesting. And uh, on the PC, um, I play on an ultra-wide monitor. There is a, uh, a tag to unlock the aspect ratio and change the field of view. So I am going to be able to kind of dial it in to work with my monitor, which is even better. So... And have you modded it to be Macho Man? <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, no no mods. And that's the thing too is when it came to PC, it was already an old game. Like I remember, like the headlines were like yeah. like uh, like an like something like an under the radar classic, you know, comes to PC or something like that. So uh, one of the cool things about that is it's not a bad looking game at all. But because the technology is a little bit older the frame rate on my PC, it's like maxed out. It's like, I could play it at like 200, <laughs> you know, frames if I wanted, which is great. So with, um, with, uh, you know, kind of the stretch and everything, I think I just capped the frame rate at 120 because my, my monitor goes from 120 to 144. Um, so yeah, the performance won't be an issue, which is great. But even though it's older, uh, it's not that it's bad looking. It just doesn't have, you know, like ray tracing and like, you know, like probably like all these additional, you know, things that'll tax a graphics card but uh very fast um i don't really know what the story is so far because it's basically just like a whole bunch of like ships and spacey marines and like you know you're going in to do a thing and then like robots show up and then things are crashing and everything but like you think it's aliens and then like by the time the end of the first cutscene's over it's like oh like the uh like the uh, the Russians are controlling this entire space station. I'm like Russians, <laughs> just a bunch of robots, guys. But yeah, it's uh, so yeah, it's uh, that, that's what I went with. Uh, I gave myself a little little uh, uh, what do you call it? A little test run earlier today. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to keep going with it, and it'll be my first completed platinum game. I think if I if I make it all the way through, because I'm looking at the list of stuff that they've done, and there's stuff of theirs that I've tried. But nothing that I've ever completed, so it'll be a first plat for me, I think. Okay. Bill's a bit of keen, bit of a keener, and got a jump start here. I didn't expect you guys to start these yet. That's really cool to hear that it's uh, what you picked first. Like I'm flattered you you picked something I've been uh, bugging you to try out. Um, I hope you enjoy it going forward. Uh, what do you want from the rest of the game? I guess um, you've got a little taste. Yeah. Like, what do you hope? just more of the same or is it, do you hope it expands so, so yeah a different? lot of the games that i play like shooter wise um you know you shoot the enemy they go down which is fine that's you know destiny gears of war all that stuff in in what i know about platinum and and, and action games in general they demand more of you and they're more rewarding if you can master the things they're demanding from you so i i'm, I'm not i'm trying not to you know demand like take too much from it but i'm hoping that what I can learn uh, like skill wise and take away from it would be something that I could apply to something like an Elden Ring, even though it's not the same kind of game, but the game wants more from you in its combat or in its, uh, you know, uh, like learning what the game wants to teach you boss battles, especially Um, I've heard Elden Ring has a couple of boss battles in it. So if I can take some of these big platinum (laughs) boss battles that, if I stand in one, you know, like I have to look at what the boss is doing. I have to watch for the telegraphs. I have to, you know, I, for the longest time, I really, really hated dying in games. And I'm trying to open myself up to uh, as playing Returnal, especially 
where I'm like, yeah, I died, but I know more now. Um, and then, you know, kind of take that with me. So this morning when I died in the boss battle, I'm like, oh, man, I died. It was only on normal. And then I'm like, yeah, but it's OK, because now I know that when he does that laser, it's going to blow up the ground. Right. It's OK to learn that like uh, like on a run. So I'm trying to learn to be OK with dying. I'm trying to learn what the bosses are trying to teach me. Um, and I'm trying to uh, like one or two times I died just like in the regular level. And it's like, OK. I, like I'm with a team, the game has cover. When a game has cover, it wants you to use the cover. So I'm trying to move from cover <laughs> to cover. So uh, yeah, I'm just trying to kind of take some of these lessons with me that might apply to future action games because I do want to try Bayonetta eventually. I do want to be better at learning how to fight a boss without just dying once and then saying, uh, "Hey Siri, how do I beat this boss in Hollow Knight?" You know, so. Uh, so yeah, that's right. that's kind of what I'm looking at going into it. Right on. Okay. To, even if you do bump it down to casual. Made the mistake of saying it with the uh, phone right in the room. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, even if you do bump it down to casual, I think just as you get comfortable with uh, the movement, especially in that game, and like combos and, and weapons you like, uh, it just starts to feel really good after a while just to mm. move and, and exist and, and fight things, even if they're not challenging. It just feels really good to clear out a whole right. area. Yeah, and during the tutorial, I didn't realize because they're like, oh, you have to like, you know, slide into each of the, you know, little beacons that it was kind of giving you. So I would slide into it and then slide into the next one and slide into the next one. And it was like, fail. Like, what do you mean? I slid into like all of them and, and then I did it again. Slide, slide, and then it was like, fail what is wrong with you? And then I held slide and I was like, Oh, I had to like one slide through all of them. I was like, Oh, now I get it. So, uh, and that's when the, because in every game you're just, you know, with keyboard and mouse, you're just W S A D jump, you know, and you have your mouse aim and change your weapons. It's kind of it. Adding that slide piece is not new. A lot of games have slide, but I've never played a game where you slide as long as this. And it, instantly changes uh you know just the process of even like a gears of war like i want to get over there to that cover you you what do you call it? the roadie run like you roadie run over to that thing and then you suck yourself into cover and then you go from there you can just slide like across the battlefield guns blazing guns while blazing you're sliding too. in slow motion if you want to use the 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 um yeah. the you know the heat of the you know uh, use your suit power but then once you get there, you're just in cover and it's like just it, your suit power comes back up. Like it reminded me for the first time of like because Crisis was the first time I played a game in a while where I was like, man, we've had these powers in games before, but like never like this where like they were this useful or this situational. So the fact that mm -hmm. like you'll get out there and there are a billion enemies and you have a team with you and the first thing they tell you, they're like, OK, like there's a whole bunch of enemies in front of you, but you could flank them like you might have better, better luck there. So I flanked them, killed them all, and now like we're like a you know velociraptor uh, pincher attack. Uh, so um, that like we use that uh, strategy in like every mission so far. There's been a spot where like if you look around, oop, there's the there's the flank. So, uh, but yeah, it's the 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 movement is awesome. Uh, learning the weapon, I'm still very very early, so I've been uh, you know uh, I got to learn the weapons. 
I had to double check the controls a few times to remember the button to like change grenade types because the EMP. That is one thing about platinum games, but like actually games in general is by the end of it, yeah, like it's one, if you try and take a break for like a week, it's like hard to come back because you're like I don't, there's three or four buttons I don't remember yeah. what they do and it's not comfortable to chain them together. That, that's what yeah. um, Guardians of the Galaxy was for me because like you you upgrade so like frantically and like the upgrade points come so quickly and then you and then like I jump back into it and I'm like oh like wait a minute like how'd you do this again and then like oh yeah, yeah. I just you know you you. And then you know you jump you you have them do their supers and stuff but yeah it's um that's that's what makes me you know gets me afraid about taking breaks from certain games but yeah they're they're great if you play them every day or even every couple of days but yeah any sort of extended break you kind of have to relearn a bunch before you can carry yep. on so yeah and that's uh, uh that's you know um I, I I wasn't planning on like starting it, starting it. I was just planning on like giving it a try, and then it was just fun, so I kept playing it. So uh, so yeah, it's a good start. That's a good, yeah. good start. Awesome, cool pick. All right, Chris, uh, what have you brought for your backlog choice? So, like a couple weeks ago or something, me and my middle kiddo, um, they wanted to go out to uh, do some shopping. And uh, oh, there's this game place I think you'll like, and there's it's like the plaza, right? And there's like a thrift store, and then there's like a, a gaming, other kind of like you know tabletop gaming store and everything. So we should go. I'm like, all right, that sounds cool. We'll go hang out. <clears throat> so we drove out there, and um, first off, man, it's super sketch place. <laughs> I mean, like uh, when you're driving, you're like, I'm gonna get shanked in this parking lot i mean like are you sure we're in the right place uh it looked looked like an abandoned like strip mall kind of looking place but no i mean sure enough these were there were like a couple shops like a lot of empty space but there was a couple shops in this thing that were open like all right there we go so uh we do go in the game store and um Kelsey, it's kind of like that vacuum and games place we went to. I mean, not that there was any vacuums, but <laughs> there was like an arcade area that was there where they'd like parties yeah. and things. And then there's like a gaming, you know, like where they sell games and, and other stuff that's there. And the point of this story is that we were going through and I'm looking and, you know, it's been a while since I've done a lot of looking and hunting around for games and things. And we're looking through and looking like the ps1 games i'm going what the heck i'm like you know i'm like like, look at these prices are crazy i'm like these can't be right right i mean and you look some of them are like okay i mean they're maybe a little high in the shop but i mean yeah no they're these prices have gotten crazy and um i'm like well crap i've got all these sitting at home so that let me like okay well you know I've, i've got a lot of these games at home you know we're doing this thing i should really probably avail myself of of some of this so i went into the list of ps1 games and i decided to go with uh valkyrie profile was the one i decided to pick up um i've had this one for um i don't know five six years maybe something like that if i had to guess that's it what's that that's it hey i would have thought she would have had that one 
uh, from back quite a bit further. No, no, I've got a lot of PS1 games from way back in the day still, but um, this one, no. I, I picked it up later because back in the day I didn't even know it was really a thing. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, when I picked this copy up, I don't know, I think I want to pay like maybe $70 or something for it. And let's just say it goes a whole for a whole lot more than that now. Yeah, right. Yeah, that so, was probably about retail five years yeah. ago right around 70 80 bucks yeah it was probably you know i'm sure it's original retail it was like 50 yeah. but you know it wasn't it yeah. wasn't bad right so i was like oh, okay yeah sure i'll pick it up you know if i saw it for its price now yeah. on a shelf no yeah. i probably would if not. you wanted to get it now <laughs> you could either get it or get a ps5 like whichever you know you felt uh, like oh it's that bad ouch okay well i didn't realize it's that bad but um yeah, so I, you know, I had a lot of choices. There's a lot of PS1 games that are sitting there that I have not played, um, and this is just I thought, well, it's Enix, and so you know that's kind of I know that's going to be something that's quality, and I've heard people talk about the game before, but really I don't really know much of anything about it besides that. So uh, yeah, I was like, all right, let's go this way and see what happens. Right on. Um, so you said you don't know much about it like do you know anything about it like uh genre even no i mean not really i mean i obviously i know it's an enix game so i have to assume it's probably some kind of rpg ish game i mean obviously it's japanese but um i don't know i mean it's maybe it's actiony from the pictures that i've got on the back i can't really tell very well what genre it is so, uh, I mean, parts of it, you know, I see like some characters on some screens and things, but there's these tiny little screenshots. Um, so, yeah, no, I really yeah, don't know. I'm not familiar either. I'm going to find yeah, out. I assumed okay. it was a JRPG. It's a two-disc game. Yeah, but Do some you, of the screenshots so, look like maybe it's not. Is it driving? I don't know. No, it's <laughs> definitely not driving. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's got kind of a, the JRPG look, mm. but like some of the screens I see like bars and things that look maybe almost action-y so maybe i don't so know kelsey, have you, we'll have, find have you out played it, kelsey? Oh. i haven't no i'm really excited to learn it's one of those ones that i actually considered maybe picking as well so i'm, I'm really oh. glad chris did and i can learn a bit nice. about it in the next month yeah. or two so obviously you've got mm-hmm. a copy i do i i always like and like chris said like i don't know why i have this impression but i always thought it was maybe a strategy mm-hmm. game Maybe uh, it but is. I might be confusing it with something like, yeah. But you know, I like so I said, like I figure I can't go wrong. It's Enix. Um, you know, I. It, it's probably not terrible. It's a two disc game, which a PS one game. I'm going to guess means there's some FMV in there somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's like half out. a disc. Sure, probably. This no, this, this might be a dumb uh, <laughs> cool. question. Is this series related to Valkyria? chronicles it is um, not i don't okay. think so no that one's okay. sega so i know there is valkyrie profile okay. i know there is um i think valkyrie Pro- there's a sequel on the ps2 which i think i may have um and then there was a psp game and i don't have the psp oh, game i forgot about that one yeah i don't have that one um but I believe I've got the PS2 sequel to this one, if memory serves. I'd have to go check. 
But um, yeah, I did a, I did yeah, a quick. Yeah, I mean, my other choices. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I just yeah. I did a quick uh, uh, Valkyrie profile search. There's one and two, and then there was DS Covenant of the Plume. And then oh, there was a mobile game, iOS and Android, uh, Valkyrie uh, Anatomia, The Origin, and then Valkyrie Elysium, which came out this year. Oh, there's a new one on phones? Uh, no, Windows, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll find something that's up my alley, or maybe I'll find something that's not up my alley. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I figure it can't hurt to give it a shot. I've, I've heard a lot of people praise it, but uh, without really knowing much else about it's, it. It's crazy, because I, I see the the cover art. Like, in like when someone says the name of the game, I know exactly that cover. And I've never yeah. played it, and I don't think I've known anyone who's talked about it. It's, it's one of those kind of weird uh, blind spots for me. Well, I know it... Um, it must probably didn't sell real well, hence the price, if I had to guess. But also, like, I know it's those ones, like, it never came out, like, digitally on PS3 mm-hmm. or any of that stuff, right? Oh, yeah, so good point, yeah. Right. If you wanted a copy to play, you had to either have it or, of course, pirate it or sure. whatever, right? So, um, cool. Yeah, so I, I'm going to play I'm... that on PlayStation 3 with my PS4 controller. There you go. <laughs> for my comfort, because I, I want to just with... sit back and relax. Yeah. Like crossing three generations at once. <laughs> I know, right? Like I can't sneak in some PS2 somehow. Uh, but anyway, just put a memory card on top of your <laughs> PS3 while you're. Playing. I have the PS3 memory card reader for like the old PS1, and PS2 memory cards, which is now also crazy. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that was a thing. Sense. Yeah, it was like a separate uh, guy. I forgot about that. Because with yeah. the compatibility, yes. you needed uh, your your hardware. Now, was it just a one? Right. Had, was it a one time copy, and then it was internal, or you had to use it every time you wanted to save? No, it was a one time. It basically made a virtual gotcha. memory card copy onto the onto the PlayStation Three of your of your physical memory yeah. card. So, what's great about that is you can use it and then get rid of it once you have your files on there, right? You could. I'm sure a lot of people did. Yeah. Well, that's a really cool choice. I'm surprised, yeah, you picked something that you're just, like, taking a chance on, but that's awesome. I, and like you said, like, there's a lot of things leaning towards it probably being really cool, and I, and I hope it is. I hope you find, like, a new series where you're like, I want to play the sequel now and grab the PSP one, maybe. Yeah, because I looked at all the other PlayStation 1 games that I've got, and some other ones I thought about, because, like, I've got, like, Shadow Tower, and that's a FromSoft game. I thought, well, maybe, but... Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, you know, I do a lot of from stuff, so because obviously there's like Kingsfield and some of them. Like, I guess I could have gone yeah. that way, but you know, I don't want to. Well, be you got to wait till I send you the unauthorized strategy guides for Kingsfield <laughs> one, two, and then then you can play those ones. I don't, I don't want to be a one trick pony necessarily, and uh, you know, yeah, there's some other ones like you know, I've got the Parasite Eve games that I've never played, so that one was those were kind of contenders. Oh, yeah, um, but no, nah, just decided to go this way. So, so Chris, so. So Chris, can I ask, um, uh, so I mentioned before, like, you know, struggling, finding time to, you know, like get gaming in, even though I'd like (laughs) to. So another thing that I did do, and I hope it's not cheating, um, I did go to how long to beat just to make sure that I wasn't picking like a blue dragon. I haven't looked. uh, Something like that. How how long to beat is this? Well, that's what I was going to ask. So you you haven't checked? I have no clue. It's not, it's not insane. It's, it's, uh, uh. It's not, you know, like, like I said, like Blue Dragon completionist, 
is like years of your life. Um, but yeah, this is. Oh, well, maybe I should maybe I should look it up. This is less than what you would expect, like a JRPG from that era to complete in. Okay, so maybe it's like it maybe think thirty action. hours. Yep. Right there. Thirty. Yeah. Okay, and thirty hours is fine. I mean. I can yeah. dump a, a hundred hours into an Elden Ring. Right. Game, yeah. So. so it's uh, you know just just seeing what you've been able to accomplish with that. It, it doesn't seem like time is uh, uh, your enemy right now. So I'm just curious if you if you were curious about it's, the length. That's my. Yeah. Well, you know, gaming is usually my before bed. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people watch TV or like do whatever, but that's my way of clearing my head. Sure. So yeah, I think I can right. fit some of that. Awesome. In. Sounds doable. Do you guys well, know? Do you yeah, guys know? I it? hope you sell me on this game in November when we check in, and I've got something that I want to. Yeah, out. I'm excited to hear you'll, about it. You'll know one way or another. <laughs> the, back in the days before it was Square Enix, yeah. when it was just good old yeah. Enix. I can't wait to hear about your playthrough on this and your next Elden Ring playthrough in November. <laughs> I can't wait to co-op with a buddy. It's gonna be great uh, and smash some it's stuff. Be just like Far Cry. Mm, maybe better. So my pick for the backlog is I'm gonna go with Yakuza, the first Ooh. one. Uh, oh, you know I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so this, like, I've had the first Yakuza on PS2 for mm. years, like probably a decade. Uh, and I think my copy's still sealed, um, which is a reason I haven't uh, put it in. But also, my original um, impression of the game was that it was just a GTA clone with uh, you know Japanese setting, and that didn't appeal too much to me. And I've kind of found out over the last two to three years that that is a very untrue impression of these games, that they're something very much their own, and they're not at all uh, GTA. So I'm kind of softening on them. And then every time a new one releases, I kind of watch the reviews and videos on them. And they just seem so bonkers and crazy and Mm -hmm. silly. And I'm kind of interested in getting into that world and seeing how weird they can get. Uh, So they did the the remake uh, for the PS4 Yakuza Kiwami. So that's the one I'm actually going to play. I've got a copy of it that I've had for about three years. and I, I kind of looked up like where's a good place to start because they did a prequel game to Yakuza Zero, which it seems like either Zero or Kwame is a, a really mm. good place to jump in. So I'm gonna jump in at the first one and try and hopefully I like it enough. Like my biggest hope is that I really like it and I want to go through the whole series and I have a whole fun new weird wacky series to play. Because um, my only real experience with it prior to this is when the character showed up in Project Cross Zone. Uh, there's a couple guys from Yakuza in there, and they're they're wild, weird. So I'm yeah, I'm really hoping. Uh, I have my expectations tempered gameplay wise for the first couple because you know they're PS2 games that are being translated, so I, I kind of know what to expect for that. Uh, but as they progress through the series, I'm hoping that part appeals more to me as well. And I think the new one, uh, like a dragon, is even like JRPG. I think it's like turn based. Um, so it seems like they experiment a bit with it, but I'm just hoping it's really fun and wacky is my biggest hope. Kind of like, like when I played like Dynamite mm. Cop a few years back, like it's just yeah. a weird, <laughs> interesting game. Is is kind of what I'm hoping to get out of it. That's awesome. Well, yeah. if you're 
I know our listeners can't see it, but your current background, if that if that tells me anything, it's definitely going to be wacky. <laughs> I think is uh, so. Yeah. So to paint a picture for our listeners, um, Kelsey's background is uh, several Japanese gentlemen in diapers, uh, <laughs> in what looks like maybe uh, like a, a a nursery of some sort. So I don't know which which game this scene is actually from. I don't think it's from the first one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it's like a, I, I don't think it's like a sex thing. I think it's just like a place not. where businessmen can go and role play as a baby for X amount of time. <laughs> as one does. As one does. Yeah. I mean, I've not I've not hobnobbed with a business elite, but uh... so I, I got a couple of things reactions for this. So first of all, uh, Sega Bros. We got two out of three choosing Sega published yeah, titles, yeah, which is nice. Uh, uh, my next uh, question was: uh, Are you at all worried? Uh, because this, it, it's. Um, I remember doing the uh, Saints Row the Third uh, playthrough, and I remember you uh, didn't have hot feelings on that, but it was kind of the same thing <laughs> going into it. Like it's, it's kind of a GTA thing, or like it's GTA adjacent, like that type of game. And it's just yeah. big, wacky, crazy, and like let's see like how nuts we can get. And you came out of that not feeling great about like you know where it went. So do you have any different expectations going into something that's also kind of GTA adjacent, wacky, goofy? Yeah, um, I typically find my taste like Japanese wacky, goofy is a lot more in line with what I find silly than gotcha. Western <laughs> wacky, okay. silly. Uh, with yeah, the the humor and the Saints Row stuff just reminded me of like movies from like the late '90s, early 2000s. Like just not things that I sure. find funny. I don't expect that kind of humor. I expect it to be more bizarre and kind of out there and like anime tropes and stuff okay. like that. That's fair. Dude, where's my car? Is a classic. Bite your tongue. <laughs> I tried to watch that a few months ago. Man, it was. I regretted it. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, uh, Yakuza's been on my radar. I've not played any of them, but I forget when it was when like almost all of them hit Game Pass. Um, and I don't know if they're all still on there because stuff kind of comes and goes. But I had a buddy who was like, "Drop what you're doing and try, you know, like a dragon," because it it uh, it was available on Game Pass. I think uh, uh, it, it may still be, but. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, I've talked about it before, where, like, games um, that I perceive as being uh, uh, long in length, like, tend to kind of, like, frighten me off mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, but just looking, um, you know, at... Uh, I don't have any concept of how yeah. long these I mean, look, saying looking now, like, there, there are some that are a little bit more than others, but none of these, unless you're doing, like, the completionist 100%, um, none of them look, like, you know, like, outside the realm of a realistic game to complete, so... But yeah, it's I've I've been curious about them, so I, I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts as well. From my understanding, too, they kind of follow like the same story through each one, too. So if you like the characters, you get mm. a lot of them. It's very cool. So and you said you're I, you said you are playing the PS2 one, or you're going to do the PS4 uh, remake? Doing the PS4 remake, yeah, I'll be playing that on the PS5 most likely. Cool. And is that still attainable at a reasonable price these days? Yeah, like they've reissued, um, mo like it was really neat during the PS4 era because this was kind of a series no one cared about mm -hmm. prior to that. 
um, even though there'd been games on the PS2 and PS3. Uh, but they kind of made the entire series playable on one system, which was uh, cool. So they remade the first two, and then I think they reissued three or, yeah, I think three or four might have been PS3. And then the other ones after that were just new, made for the PS4. Um, so yeah, it was cool to see them really put some effort into revitalizing the series and making sure the whole thing was accessible uh, up until a couple of years That's ago. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm no, just I'm, checking uh, Game Pass real quick just to make sure I'm not uh, you know making stuff up. And I'm on uh, game Game Pass games. We got Yakuza Zero, Kwame, Kwame Two, Like a Dragon, th- uh, Three, Four, Five, Six. So yeah, it looks like. Do they have Judgment uh, as well? I think that's the only I other one. I do not see that one. I think the game might just be called Judgment. Oh, it's I don't just think it's called got Judgment? A Yakuza in it. Yeah. Uh, nope, I don't see one called Judgment. So just the... Uh, if it's got Yakuza in the name... It... Don't think it okay, did. Yeah, I don't see, yeah, so the ones I see are the ones I listed out. So it, it's, it's Kwame uh, Remake, Prequel? What's... Kwame's the remake gotcha. of one. Yeah. So Kwame and Kwame 2 gotcha. are just one okay, and two. So yeah. So zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, like a dragon. And also the Yakuza remastered collection uh, is, is available there, which is uh, three, four, five, like the remakes of those. So yeah, oh, it's cool. crazy. They, they've got, uh, but yeah, I don't see judgment on here, but that's really cool that uh, it's all available. Yeah, it seems like Sega is really pushing to make that franchise, you know, a mm. lasting, cool thing. And and it almost was annual for a little while recently, too, which was mm. interesting. Yeah, so my only hope is that I have a new, cool, wacky, <laughs> weird series to, uh, to dive into. So we're going to... Uh, be playing those over the next couple months and then kind of check in back near the end of november maybe the start of december depending how things go and um, follow up on that and see if we enjoyed those games if they were what we wanted them to be maybe some of us don't finish them because they just weren't what we thought (laughs) they were which you know no no shame if that happens but uh yeah thanks for doing that with me guys i'm I'm actually super excited about both your picks to, to hear about them so well done. Hey, Good job. Yeah, I'm excited to get started. Well, I should say excited to keep going since I've already started. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could have picked Sea Monkeys on <laughs> PS1, but you know. I thought going to say Sea Man on Dreamcast. <laughs> I thought it's his go to. That'd be a good one. Um, all right. So if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash collectorcast. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify or whatever other podcast apps you have available. Um, if people want to follow you on Twitter, Bill, where would they uh, do at that? At Bill underscore McGee on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at, talking uh, games and records and pickups and stuff like that. So feel free to hit me up on there. How about you, Chris? Uh, I run the show account, so at CollectorCast, you can hit me up there, uh, or uh, I usually post when the shows come out, so if you want to get notified about that stuff, give us a follow. If you want to follow me, you can at Kelsey Polnick on Twitter, and we'll see you guys next time.